Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Statistic Sean David. I have the unfortunate news to deliver the news of the passing of Mr. Wrestling 2, one of the biggest legends that the wrestling world has ever seen. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. When when I got when I got the uh call from uh the message from uh, Bill After that uh he had he had sent me the uh, link to his uh, video and um, that was how I got it and I mean there was I, I just it was like it was like somebody had slapped me upside the head with a two by four um, you know um, back when we first got uh, cable in 1980 and not too long after we got it, uh, my dad, by accident, uh, discovered uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling. And, um, oh, um, the, and one of the, and one of the early, well, shows that I saw, Mr. Wrestling 2 was on. And, um, you know, and this, and this is the thing. He got over without fancy entrance music, without fancy, without a fancy outfit either. I mean, he came to the ring wearing a white mask that had a black face front, white trunks with a black uh, waistband, and white boots. And his finish was what he called the million-dollar knee lift. Simple move. But everybody sold it as such a super effective move, and oh, I was always I was always a big fan of two. Um, even after Tim Woods retired, and that uh, Johnny Walker wrestling two maintained that name and that and that image throughout his entire career. Um, our good friend Bill After is definitely very devastated because they got to be really good friends <clears throat> over the years. And um, I want to express our sympathies to Johnny's friends, family, and of course all the fans out there who uh, knew Johnny and uh, knew that talent. 
So, all right, time to time to get back to a little more a little more fun. Um, I don't know what uh, Sean's doing while he's uh, waiting there, but uh, Katie, say Stop. hello to everybody. Hello to everybody. <laughs> All right. Good evening, uh, now, you know who this is. You know uh, who this tonight is. I know who I am. we will have the ECW reunion part two. Tommy Cairo, Jim Molino, Bill Alfonso, and possibly more. Tonight we are going to talk about the philosophy of wrestling and what it means. Steve Kane and I had a long conversation this week about uh, the topics that we want to go over tonight and uh, – you know, we're we're going to uh, hope that Bill Alfonso can get in here to um, be with Jim Molyneux, if at all possible. But if not, we'll talk with Jim Molyneux and Steve Kane about it. Um, the importance of referees anymore and why that referees count is so important and why if you are on camera and you are not enforcing your count, you should be called out on it. Um, we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about the importance of good tag team wrestling all the fundamentals that go into tag team wrestling that aren't seen anymore and so much more tonight on tonight's program. I'd like to thank you for joining us. This is wrestling authority radio on the evolution radio network. And uh, we will start this thing in just a couple of minutes. I don't know what you had in mind, but here we stand on opposing sides. Let's go to war. Let's go to war. War Wrestling Authority Radio with your host, Chaotic Katie, the Dean of Wrestling Referees, Steve Kane, and Sadistic Sean David. Lock and load wrestling fans, it's time for War! Without any further ado, I'd like to welcome ECW Originals, Tom Mikairo and Jim Molyneux. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, welcome back. Thank you. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back on. 
Anytime. Awesome. All right. Hey, Jim, Thanks for coming Tommy? out. Hey, Tommy. How are you? I haven't talked to you for All right, a my week. <laughs> All right. Hey, Jimmy, me and Jimmy go way And back. the smart assery begins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, re- we really did talk last week. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, Tommy, you got any news on uh, promoting shows? I know some states are opening back up. Um, actually, no. Um, I'm working on this celebrity wrestling entertainment project, which um, I'm hoping to bring Jim, Jim Molyneux in on. Uh, but, you know, everybody's uh, apprehensive to set a date, knowing that we don't know when. I mean, they're telling us in limited amounts in New Jersey we'll be able to run some small events. But I heard uh, Matt Tremont, who's a young man that opened up <clears throat> H2O Wrestling here in Williamstown in Jimmy's old building. Um, he oh, talked wow. about a show, uh, yeah, a show coming up this Monday, and it's limited uh, up to I think 50 people, and they will be seated six feet apart. So you know, let's, I guess we'll see how that goes. But I know, as far as us doing anything at the showboat, you know, I'm reluctant to put too much uh, behind it because it's uh, put the, the cart before the horse. You know, we, we have to wait mm, to see what, what happens. Yeah, I, I'm in New Jersey also. Yeah, I'm in New Jersey also, and I've been following it real carefully. And uh, they have listed some numbers uh, for gatherings, for public gatherings in New Jersey. But all the numbers that Scary. have been raised are all outdoors. So it's it's 500. It's I think now it's at 100 people. Next week it's 250, and I think oh, by Fourth of July it's 500 people. Oh God. Yeah, and you Ew. know, as Jimmy, as Jimmy will tell Ew. you, um, on a on a good day, on a good night, in a regular climate, two two fifty would be a gift. Am I right, Jimmy? Oh, I, I'd be dancing down. I'd be doing the Irish dig down the street if I had yeah. two hundred fifty people. You can, and you can still social distance at two hundred fifty people outside too. Well, oh, and, and it all depends on your building too. Something. Some build, yeah, some buildings. It's very difficult, I've found, especially in southern New Jersey, to find buildings big enough for that. Um, so you're, the, the, the problem we have in, in southern New Jersey is, is um, being able to put enough people in the building to make money. But then most of the buildings that I find that you can, the, the ceiling's too low to put a ring in. So uh, you're, yeah. you're, you're fighting two battles. One at a time. We, we have that problem here, uh, actually. I'm going to tell this quick story. Uh, Steve and I were actually supposed to promote a show last year. I had a guy fuck me over on the ring run, so long story short. But uh, the feeling in there was low. But the thing about it was, it was, you know, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm not going to cut corners. The venue was under a few hundred bucks for the night. You're not going to find that anywhere else. It could seat 230 people. I thought, hell, I'll make a little yeah. bit of money. I won't make a lot of money, but I'll make a little bit. And right. a little bit, you know, is better than never making a profit at all, which is what's happened before. Uh, right. And, and you know, there's another there's another promoter locally that, that rents my ring from me. And he's told me uh, he's run into a problem where um, insurance companies aren't looking to insure uh, not just wrestling, but events where people are gathered in large crowds or, or most of the time close together so it's concerts, yeah. comedy shows, things like that. Oh, 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 oh. They're reluctant to yeah. put out insurance for those. 
Well, and that, but you know, you, Jim and uh, Tommy, you both know this. You got those promoters out there that will run without insurance and not think twice about it. Option. I'm not sure, but I think you can go on a wire on the. Uh, you know, yeah, some I of think- these. Some of these people don't even believe in having insurance, and it's like, what are you doing? We don't need insurance. Why? Why why do you You not need insurance? If I have to have insurance, why doesn't everybody else have to have insurance that's doing this? Because because your venue isn't smart enough to ask for it? No, that's bullshit. Anybody that runs professional wrestling should cover at least a million-dollar liability special event insurance in my book. Yeah, yeah every every building I've run asks for insurance. You know, as far as the uh, low ceilings go, um, a good uh, way to get around that is if you own your own ring, you have a second set of poles made, and you make it a low boy. So your attachments will be uh, welded lower on the poles. So right. you can have the same – actually – Actually, you can use the same poles and just have a second set of attachments made lower. Right. So that's another option. Well, yeah, and there's actually – there's a company out of – I believe they're out of Kansas. I've talked to the guy more than once. Uh, He makes the only height-adjustable rings that are out there. It's one set of posts. You flip the post one way, it's high boy setting. You flip the post the other way, it's low boy. And I thought that was genius. That's what I was was going to say. Can you not drop it? I'm like, that's man, that is that is that's a genius idea. And some of those rings um, are really nice. I've, I've actually seen a lot of the work that he's done. He does some really good rings, and that's that's the way you got to do it. Uh, a lot of promoters that I know, um, unless you were permanently in a building with a high ceiling, you had two set of posts. Um, it's it's just the way you do business because if you if you don't do it like that. And you get into the situation where Joe's bar is, you know, really on fire and they want to hire some entertainment and they're going to pay you two grand, but you can't get your ring in there. Well, then you got a problem. I've also, I've also worked bar shows in the past with uh, smaller rings. Uh, there was actually a company here in Illinois that I worked for that had a 14 by 14 ring, so it would open up crowd seating and it was a low boy. So... I mean, it worked. They they packed that bar. We packed that bar quite a bit. Um, you know that most feelings are. A pro- uh, the other thing is venues. You know, have to be comfortable with the product that they're getting. If they're not, um, that becomes an issue. And there's been a, there's been venues lost all over Illinois and all over the Midwest and all over this country and beyond because somebody mm-hmm. will bring it. Somebody will bring a product in that does not uh, fit the requirements of the venue. I actually had a situation. Steve and I had a situation happen in 2017. We sent two guys out for a tag, ma- uh, four guys out for a tag match. Uh, they asked, what do, you, what do you want for an ending? And we said, this is what we want. And they literally grabbed anything that they could find that was the venues and started hitting each other other with it and Steve and I run over to the guy that's the owner because he's there and it's a YMCA and we're apologizing our asses off but the damage is already done and that was the first and only time I decided that I will ever lose my security deposit and those four gentlemen will never be back to wrestle for me uh, because I, I found that to be complete utter disrespect 
Right. See, here, here's a funny story from here, and and I'll I'll say his name, <laughs> and, and Tommy knows him, and I'm, I'm sure you guys know uh, if you remember Maybe. the name Dennis Caruso. Oh yeah. Sounds familiar. Oh yes, I know. I know, I know who Dennis Caruso is. Yes. Oh and my he God. Promoted, he promoted <laughs> shows here in in New Jersey and and Pennsylvania, um, but there was there was a building that he ran. That was a, a National Guard armory. That was a beautiful building, wonderful building for wrestling. Perfect for, Sounds for wrestling. Sounds gorgeous. And I know people that have called the building. Now, Dennis has been has passed away a good, what, 10, 15 years ago, Tommy, something like that? Um, uh, Tommy but, dropped. He's, uh, people, he's traveling, so oh, he's yeah. kind of been a uh, somewhat dead zone. He'll get back on. Okay. Yeah, he'll but, come back. Um, so he, he's he's passed away a good fifteen years ago and I know people who have called that building to to ask if they how much it is to rent the building for a wrestling show and they <laughs> said there will be no wrestling shows here and by the way, tell Dennis Caraluso to go F himself. Oh wow. And this um, is, you know, right, I mean, so, okay, hold on. That, I, and I again have to be the designated swear. He told him to go fuck himself, folks. Yeah, you're allowed to swear. Okay. You know, it's uh, <laughs> I I know that you have worked with the man, but this is the problem that we have with Ian Rotten here in Illinois, and even even over in Indiana. Oh, Ian right. Ian has burned so many buildings, and it's hard. I you know there's there's people that run all over Illinois that have a really hard time, um, and and. Gotta love them, uh, Game Changer Wrestling. They do have some some good stuff, but they're doing some damage to buildings too, and it's it's making it very oh. hard, very hard uh, for promoters that are trying to do right. family friendly entertainment to um, do that. It's it's right. You know, there was um, in New Jersey. Why would you shit where you eat? Why would you do that? Well, but you it. also. But you, Katie, you also, and Jim it. knows this too. Jim knows this too. You also have the promoter that's out there that'll go, okay, Jim Molino ran uh, Union City, New Jersey on Saturday night, da 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 date. So I'm going to book the venue two months from now and I'm going to bring in my shit show. And then when Jim Molino calls the building to book it again, we he have won't a problem. be able to get it. Exactly. Right. I'll give you two examples of buildings here in New Jersey. One, one's a really nice rec center, um, not too far from me, and it would be perfect because it wouldn't cost me much to get my ring there. Um, and and guys have run it, and, and it, it, not that they were doing um, crazy wrestling, but I think they they did something like somebody may have accidentally splattered. Or no, no. Here it is. Here's exactly what it was. They hung a poster on the wall. And when they took the poster mm-hmm. off, it took some of the paint off, and the building went ballistic. Oh. And they, there's no wrestling around that building anymore. Which, oh that, my that, I mean, that's the far extreme, ridiculous. But, um, that just sounds like ECW looking for a reason. A building, e- ECW ran a building in Blackwood, New Jersey. It was a CYO, beautiful, beautiful building. Ran it a couple of times. The second time okay. we ran it, um, there was um, a guy who helped us out set up setting up the ring. And, uh-huh. and he, he had done it oh, at other no, venues, oh, no. too. And he had he had brought his kids with him. So oh, shit. The, the refreshments <laughs> and concession was downstairs in the basement. 
So the kids were downstairs running around in the basement, and apparently they started swinging on the pipes and oh, God. busted one of the pipes oh. off and flooded the basement. Oh. And, oh, and that was the end of that building being used. Well, yeah. <laughs> Oh, but my house, and, but, my, and, to our my defense, house come really back. Was, right. To our defense, it really wasn't our fault. I mean, it could have been any kid swinging on the, <laughs> the pipe. I I had something happen Why are you uh, playing on the pipe in, for? in the in the first year that I ran. Um, I ran th- I ran three events three months in a row. I ran September, October, November. Was going to run December two thousand nine, in a little city, um, probably about two hours. Uh, about 90 minutes outside of Chicago. Um, it was in a, it was a little farm town. It was 1,200 people. I lived in the town. Um, Steve will tell you the venue was beautiful. Fucking, excuse my language, but it was fucking gorgeous. It was meant, it had that old school okay. wrestling gym feel. And uh, yeah. the, the bad thing about it was, is that that building also housed the town council meetings and the town library and had this beautiful gym inside of it, and actually one of the other rooms was used as a church. And then it had the concession stand and everything else. Well, I don't know who did it. I'll never find that out, but uh, I get a phone call from the building one day, and I'm like, okay, well, this could be good or bad. Um, And um, they call me, and they proceed to tell me that one of the nameplates from um, the – one of the uh, board members, you know, in front of their seats was missing the nameplate. I'm like, who the hell would have taken this? I'm like, who the hell would have taken this? Oh, I was pissed because that thing almost cost me the whole, that thing almost cost me the whole building. I'm surprised it didn't end up in a trash can full of weapons for the main event. You know, I mean, I've seen that happen. Steve, Steve saw this venue. He, I remember, I remember clearly in my head what he said to me. He got there and he says, "You know, it's a shame you got this building on lockdown. Otherwise, I'd sign it for my company." Damn. <laughs> Damn. Beautiful building. Um, you know, oh, yeah. the, the thing, the thing about it is, is it's hard to find a building like that that uh, is big. You know, I like. People have told me in the past, they said, you, you have big dreams, but you have no way of implementing them. And I said, look, I put out at least $500 on advertising on average for all of my events. I expect that money back. Uh, does it always happen? No. But I have to be in a venue that can accommodate the two to 300 people that could potentially show up because it could happen at any moment with the right amount of advertising, the, the right – you know the 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 stars aligning the right way for that night. It could happen at any moment, and people go, "Well, you don't need you know venues that can seat two to three hundred people." I said, "No, I, I said no. Let's let's do it in front of fifty people and be done with it." You know, I don't believe in that. Wrestling should be done to make money. It should be done. Uh, the the goal should always be to improve your crowd size. In my book. Um, mm-hmm. If you're drawing 150 money, if you're drawing 150 people, you can easily get to 250 people. The problem is, it's going to take mm-hmm. some work, and some of these promoters out there don't want to do the legwork. And now it's even tougher with going through the the pandemic. Um, there was a, a poll taken in New Jersey. Uh, 
if if in a, a sporting event, so really we're talking about like a like a football game or a hockey game or a basketball game. Mm. If, Ooh, if when those when sports come back, are you hockey. are you going to go? <laughs> and seven percent yeah. of the people told <laughs> said that they will not return to live sporting events because of the fear of the coronavirus. So you're well, fighting that yeah. too. You know, well, and that's just it. Uh, there was a there was a show in Wisconsin over the weekend, and it had uh, if I had to if I had, if I were a betting man I'd say about 100 120 people, and I'm at, you know and everybody's like well we're gonna do another show and I'm like well, uh, I don't know why yeah. you know I don't I don't I don't see the point in losing money I I I, I never mm-hmm. saw that unless you're building if if you're steadily increasing if you go uh, June July August and you're increasing by 75 to 100 people every show, then, yeah, keep doing it. But if you're not, then no. Okay, guys, I uh, want a quick cut in because we now have joined us uh, the man who calls it right down the middle, Daddy, the one, the only, Bill Alfonso. Okay. Thank you so much. Yay! Henry Goodbye. Winkler's here. Boys. <laughs> boy okay okay all right all right i got boobs i know some guys have boobs but but mine are nice boobs because so so I, yeah i like to be one of the boys remember i'm I'm a girl too hey sweetheart <laughs> and I, no hey, honey. no no you're, you're like you're like from that website that uh all these curious men I'm like a, uh, uh, yeah. with pit, uh, uh, uh no I, i'm not a chick with a dick uh-uh <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm what's known I'm what's known as a fella girly. I'm right down the middle. I still like watching. Hey. And, and yeah, you mentioned hockey. You know, I I, I almost lost my shit there. I, I hope you heard that. But yeah, I'm I'm a hockey chick. Okay, who is married to a goalie? Who's a hockey goalie? Who was also sent in Ontario for freestyle wrestling? Almost went to the Olympics. So I'm not your normal chick. Sure, I like flowers and doing my nails and whatnot. But I'll also kick your ass. Well, that's that's so, why we love you. All right, we're gonna get that's into me. the serious. I'm a solo girly. We're gonna get into the serious discussion now. We have with us three of uh, what I'd call the best referees in the wrestling business. I have not worked with Ooh. Bill Alfonso. I have not worked with Jim Molino, but I have studied uh, their tapes quite frequently, and we've had them on the program uh, more than once. The third referee, obviously, is Steve Kane. Steve Kane was my senior official. Uh, you know, he's been around longer than I've been alive. Um, so I want to hey, talk Steve. to you guys. Hey, Bill. <laughs> I want to talk ahead, to you guys. You. What's up, Daddy? Hey, Jim, I don't know. The Jim's, I would say, in order, it's uh, Jim, Fonzie, and Steve in that order. No, you know, I'm just guessing. Oh, oh you, <laughs> you, you, started, you started drinking early. Yeah, I want to. I want to talk to the you guys about the importance. And I've even refereed a little bit myself. I was never trained properly as a referee. I got thrown in there, but um, one of the biggest things for me is the referees count. And so much on television anymore, you are seeing that um, you do not see the referee strictly enforce that count anymore. You do not see the referee um, not being blind when they need to be. Um, You're seeing more and more mistakes. I don't know if it's (laughs) we're getting sloppy or what it is, but I want each of you to tell us the importance 
of enforcing that count? I'll, t- I'll t- start off with tell- saying uh, that refereeing in the ring, that's the easy part. Um, working backstage with 25, 30 different personalities, it's our job to figure all that out. We go and see the booker like Paul Heyman. He'll give us a format, and then we got to go spread all the format to everybody that's wrestling. So it's not just what you see in the ring. For me, that's the easy part. I said, damn, I'm going to the ring good and get it away from the backstage because it's uh, hectic back there. We're gonna... Crazy? <laughs> yeah, kind of. You know, Jim. Uh, absolutely, yeah. But, you know, I've never been, in, in the I've never been back, so... I'm back. Uh, yeah, Tommy's yeah. back with us, by the way, guys. Oh, cool. What's up, Fonz? How you doing, buddy? All good, Daddy. Sounds good. Down here in Tampa yeah. Bay, you know. I was thinking. Big... Think... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Doing what? For how many cookies? No, it's all you, <laughs> Go ahead. No, I was, well, I was, I was thinking about what you said, uh, Fonzie, and how my wife was pushing me. To get out of the business, you know, as a Wow. I hear you. All right. Tommy, we are talking about the importance of the referees enforcing their counts. Yes. Well, very important. Uh, I think a referee is as important as, uh, in an indie show as any one other performer. And, and even it comes down to the ring announcer who's an expediter of the show. So, yes, an experienced, savvy referee can make things a lot easier for everyone. You, know, you were talking yeah, about yeah. how important the count is. Every referee should have a steady count. Whether mine is, is – I have, I have my own steady count. Fonzie has his own. Uh, John Finnegan had his own. And so everyone can be different, but you can't change that count during the match. That will well, throw the rest of off. Not on, not only that, but the, the I don't know how much TV wrestling you guys watch anymore. We still watch it because we try to you know bring the people the news and stuff. Yeah. But some of these referees do not enforce the count. I, I mean, people are posting YouTube videos of their promotions, and I'll sit and watch it. And these referees, they're like scared of the wrestlers. They don't, you know. Yeah. I, my God, some of the referees back in the '70s would get in Dick the Bruiser's face and enforce that count. That for that count has got to be enforced. If they're cheating, if if you've got uh, the heel tag team beating up the baby and the baby other babies trying to get in the ring, the referee's got to stop it. These are things you're not seeing anymore, and I don't understand why. I, I, I think don't it's know the if promotion and whoever booking, you know, needs to emphasize that because the referees, young, timid guys, are not going to take it upon themselves. Unless they're told, you're the referee, you do what you're supposed to do. You play by the let them play by the rules. You know, otherwise you have mayhem and there's no there's no uh, control over the match at all. You know, I don't know if, if if they're trained properly anymore how to use a referee in a match, especially in a tag team match. I mean, yeah. luckily, I had mm-hmm. the opportunity in ECW to work with guys like like Tommy Rogers who I learned a lot from about tag team uh, wrestling right. that, that mm-hmm. I had thought of before. Um, so, you know, using, working with veterans like that is, is great. Um, but I don't, I don't know if they're actually on the road enough, especially anymore. Well, you, you, know, you can't help it because of what's going on. 
but they're not on the road enough, especially the NXT people, to get that experience and and being pulled in the back afterwards and said, say, okay, you did this, but this is what you need to do, and this is how you should work with the referee here in this situation. And I don't know if that's being done anymore. Well, if you have promoters that don't know that, then it's 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 not going to trickle down. It's definitely lack of experience, uh, Jimmy. You hit the nail because the guys don't work all the time. You know, if you're working seven days a week, it, you know, in, in each wrestler, you kind of got to work around their, uh, around them. You got to know, you know what I mean? I, I right. feel what you're mm-hmm. saying, Jimmy. It's, it's, yeah, I'm with you, brother. And you know, oh, exactly. Working, yeah, working, yeah go ahead, uh, Jim. Working a territory like Florida. You worked with the same guys pretty much every night. So they got used to you and you got used to them. And it was the same thing with ECW. I mean, I got so used to working with with PJ or with with Shane Douglas that, that, you know, we really didn't need to do anything except when we go out there. And all I needed to know was the the finish of the match and do I need anything else. And that was it. I didn't care about, okay, we're going to lock up and then we're going to headbutt. You know, there are guys who want to go over their whole match with me. At an indie show, and I'm like, no, no, just tell me the finish. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. That's scripting the thing. I, is, I is out like, of control. Yeah, that was the thing. I mean, I've the way I always worked was okay. What's the finish? Are there any particular spots that I need to know about? You know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you know, if there was if there was going to be if there was going to be a spot where if there was a manager on the floor. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take it. We're gonna take the baby, get him up against the rope. Though so that point, you know what you know what to do. Back me up. He does his he does his schmas, and then uh, you know bring him back, and then and then uh, you know we go ahead and keep getting our heat from there. And then you know when it was when it was time for the finish, boom, boom, boom. Now another thing though, and this is something that I've that I learned. Um, early on, and I worked with some. I worked with some great names over the years. I mean, you know, Iron Sheik, Kenny Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. Jim Brunzel. The, the list just goes on and on. Just like you guys, um, was the importance of the referee hearing the way the crowd was reacting, and if they were not getting into it, saying to the guys, "All right, we got to change it up," and that. And and make them and make them do something different to pick up a dead crowd. Wow, so, I'm learning a lot. Yeah. Here, so. The thing about that is, if the referee has to do that, then those two guys probably shouldn't be in a ring. Amen to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or. You know, maybe that happens a couple of times and somebody straightens them out and, and, and enlightens them, and then it shouldn't happen again. But if you have to constantly – see, when you when you were trying to go by a script and trying to get all your, your, your high spots in, you're not thinking about listening to the crowd and how the crowd's reacting because you're worried about getting to right. move one, two, three, and four to get the high spots six, seven, and eight. So mm-hmm. that's, all, that's lost. And, and, and also they've marginalized – like you mar- they've marginalized managers – They've done that also with the referees and on these indie yeah. shows mostly. Anyway, they're just there because they think they need a referee, but they're not really serving any purpose, and nobody's trained properly to know the difference. Yeah, I I was fortunate oh, wow. because 
I had probably oh, Rob was here. one of the one of the best referees around, and no offense to either of you guys, um, but uh, um, God rest his soul, Mike Figueroa, who I mean, oh, he worked he worked every he worked every major show in Illinois. Um, he was involved in the finish of the tag team match at uh, WrestleMania three when they did uh, when they did the three venues and um, he was at the Rosemont Horizon and he uh, kept he kept uh, Brutus Beefcake from being able to um, illegally come in the ring and stop the pin on Greg Valentine and uh, you know, helped uh, change the tag team titles and that. I I learned I learned so much from Mike Figueroa that I mean you know I would I would never be able to begin to discuss all the things that that man taught me within just you know the course of maybe a couple of years. Uh, there's no there's no substitute for experience, but if, you know they say practice makes perfect, but really only perfect practice makes perfect. So if you're mm-hmm. if you're practicing so. something over and over again and it's wrong, then it's just wrong. <laughs> you know? Well, but, I had I had my trainer tell me when I was learning punches. He says if you punch the wall and you hurt yourself, you're doing it wrong. He says if you can punch yeah. the wall and throw your punch and and not hurt your hand, you're doing it right. Yeah. So, it's a quick job. You know, you know, I mean, <laughs> now the other thing that I wanted to touch on um, with all of you is the importance of a good finish. Because anymore, you see 20 million kickouts and probably 10 things that should have been the finish that are not. Mm-hmm. Like, why yeah. isn't a diamond cutter a finishing move anymore? Yeah, it's a finishing move, but why do we have to have to have like five, six, seven RKOs? I understand he likes doing it, but. Come on. Well, because nowadays the the promoter or the booker uh, doesn't have authority anymore. The the, re- the wrestlers do, and you know when you go and you tell them, hey, I need a, the finish is a pile driver, and I need to go ten minutes. Well, that's not enough time yeah. for me to get all my stuff in. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I didn't pay you to get all your stuff in. I paid you to do what I want you to do. And and also, a lot of the promoters are afraid to say, you're over, you're over, so leave it to the guys, and what do you have? You never have a clean finish because nobody wants to put anybody over. Right. Yeah. Very very selfish. Yeah, there's that, too. There's that, too. But a finishing move is a finishing move. You should only have to do it once. (laughs) Otherwise, it's not a finishing move, is it? No, I'm trying to see here, you know? A super uh, kick used to take you out. A pile driver used to take you out. A last raw used to take you out. You know, we're like, seeing this more and more. Any submission uh, move would take you out. And but I've got no more. Got to do it six times. I've got guys that have come to me and asked me, you know, hey, if you book me anytime soon, you know, wh- what are the rules? Well, the rules are you do the finish once. That's the finish. That's it. You know, yep. That's, yep. I don't need yeah. I don't need you going out there and killing the guy. And, you know, I, I, I don't, I, like, I, I, is common sense right. dead in the wrestling business? Because, 
If, if, if you got a guy that goes out there and gets pile drive ten times in one match, and then he's supposed to come back in the main event to work a six-man later, you know, in the second half of the show, how the hell can I do that now? Yeah, right. yeah, I, yeah. And he's put on all his I, energy. Right. I, I ran a show last October down toward the Jersey Shore at Stockton University, and every finish was different, and the chair was not brought into the ring until the main event. Yep. Well, that was, uh, that was yeah. an old rule Always, you know uh, You stay in the ring, nobody gets color but And we have to know who's getting color And everybody has to know what everybody else's finishes is uh, So you, you you don't repeat it You know, if right. you've got 13 matches Like, you know, Frank Goodman used to have uh, We used to joke, what, what match are you? I'm 13A What are you? I'm 16 <laughs> big yeah. You know, and, and if you don't check If you don't check if you don't check, there's five, six repeats of the same thing in the same show. It's ridiculous. Well, right, not only that, nowadays, you think about that's what I'm trying meeting. to say. You're seeing nothing but super kicks. Super kick here, yeah. super kick there, super kick there. Well, and really? bingo. You know, bingo. Steve and, I, Steve and I got on guys. Steve and I got on guys because heels would be like, okay, well, I'm going to use the low blow. I'm going to rake the eyes. I'm like, if he's doing the low blow and he's raking the eyes, you find something else. You're not. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean, no. I've had yeah, exactly. meetings before the show and, you know, say, okay, everybody has their finishes, check with each other, make sure you're not doing the same thing. And I say, anybody doing, uh, uh, like, a, a running a running powerbomb for a finish, good. No, if you are, take it out of your match, or even if you're using it in your match, take it out of your match because that's what our champion does. You know, right. Yeah. You have to let everybody know what, where everybody else is. And you also – what doesn't happen anymore is the boys aren't watching the matches. So they no, go, they're back there. The guys leader in the show go, well, we can't do that. Let's think of something else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. you got to watch what people are doing. Well, that's why I yeah. always made sure I had a, a monitor, run a cable, put an old TV mm-hmm. in the back, and let just way you don't have seven guys. Hopefully you'd have guys that want to look out, and they're trying to peek out through the door. you got one head on top of the other looking out the door through the curtain. <laughs> so I always thought it was make sure you have an old, you know, whatever TV you got laying around, throw a cable on it, send it to the ring, and this way everybody can watch it. And there's no excuse then. Well, weren't you watching right. the monitor? How did you do the same the same move that the last guy did? You know, so you, you, that's important. Before the monitor, you like front row with the curtain. Yep. I think that's all on the promoter. If the promoter doesn't keep track of everything, then that's, that's on him. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like you know what I mean. Yeah, like true. Jim Oliver, yeah. yeah. like Jim just said he ran the show on the shore and only one chair at the end. That's because he said, "Hey, only one chair at the end." That's his job yeah. is you know do the show. So Jim does the right thing and everybody listens. So I put it back in the promoters. And some guys make mistakes, but you know, if a promoter says, "Hey, don't do that," then don't then they should do it. You know, well, right. it's no different than the than the microphone. Like, if you don't oh, tell these right. guys on an indie show, every guy wants to oh grab the God, mic. Yeah. I, I got in the back. I'm yeah. like, who told you yeah. to grab the mic? <laughs> it, it's not for you. It, it's the main event guy <laughs> or an angle that we've worked out. You don't just indiscriminately, you know, whenever you feel like it, grab the mic. No good. Well, and I, I no also bueno. yell at the announcers, too, because my announcers know who's getting the mic and who's not. If you don't have permission to get the mic, get the, the announcer's been told to hold that mic. Don't right. let it out of your hand. 
Fonzie said it right. It comes down to the promoter and or the booker to get all this stuff straightened out. And you have to realize you can't be everybody's friend. You're the boss. Nope. You've got to make the rules. Right. You've set the finishes. Mm-hmm. You put in your booker's hand, and that's the way it goes. And guess what? At the end of the show, if you didn't do what you were supposed to do, you might not be coming back. Correct. Period. Right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yo, it's funny, you, you guys. Uh, I don't know. I don't know either of you. All right. I don't know if any of you ever watched a uh, film called uh, Card Subject to Change. Um, oh, absolutely. Yes. No. Yeah. Okay. If you, if you remember, if you remember the meeting that uh, he holds in the back before the before the one show, where he says, "If you if you feel like grabbing the mic, don't grab the effing mic. Unless I told you to grab the effing mic, you don't grab the effing mic." And everybody just like sat there, just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, you talk about finishes, I mean, I always, you know, I I've got everything. I've got everything. I I I do a format. I don't blueprint everything, but you know, it's like okay, so and so against so and so, you're coming out first. You're going over. Here's your finish. Here's your time, and that. And then uh, and then and then work it and then work it from there and that you know and then the other thing that we talked about um, guys with uh, finishing moves um, I hark back to um, and this is and this is the one that I always use as the, as the big example when uh, Jake the Snake Roberts was um, getting ready to. Um, move into uh, Bill Watson's South Territory for like at least three weeks there were videos on Mid-South and um, and then um, for three weeks all it was was um, that the um, that was about the DDT it was about no. how long it took the DDT to, to take effect, how long the person was out after the DDT, and showing you know, cuts of, of him in the DDT to other people. So by the time he actually arrived in the territory, everybody knew the DDT was his finish. When he hit that on you, boom, that guy was out like a Done. light. It's over. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, go the legs. And now a DDT is a transitional move. Makes me sick. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I feel that way about any move where somebody's getting dropped on their head. How, how is that not a finish? Right. Exactly. If you're getting dropped on your head or you're dropping your head on someone else's head, that should be I... a finishing move. I have to ask who's seen it and who hasn't because AEW just had a pay-per-view about a month ago. And what? the 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 finish of one of the matches was John Moxley and Brody Lee going through a stage. Now, Jim, yeah. I don't know if you were there the night that Bam Bam and Taz went through the stage or not. Yeah, we were all there. Yep, um, we were through the ring, yeah. That is the finish. If you go through the stage, that is it. That is the end. Done. They got up. And I'm sitting there, and I'm literally, 
I'm grinding my teeth and pulling my hair out because I'm like, no, you just went through the damn stage. Like, that's it. That's no contest. They yeah, went through well, the stage. It's, it's, it's like, no, no, we're, we're tough guys. We're going to keep going. Because honestly, oh. that's gonna, in real life, if that happened, they keep going. At least the boys yeah, might. And if you go back and look at. If you go back and look at the Bam Bam Paz matches where they one they went through the ring and the other one they went through the the entrance way, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. they re- reached down and pulled the other one out of the hole and either tried to pin him right there or had to drag him back to the ring for the pin. Right. I that was Asbury Park, right, Jim? Yeah, the, through the ring was Asbury Park. Yeah. Um, and I think through the entranceway was Chicago. Yes, I think it was Heatwave. Yeah, yeah. it was a Heatwave. Yeah, Heatwave heat okay. at uh, at the Odium in Phillip Park. Yes. But Steve, Steve okay. and I discussed. Steve and I discussed this. We're like, okay, let's say that we were to eventually have a nice entranceway like that. If two guys go through that thing, and one of them is bleeding, and they don't come out for at least ten seconds, and the referee's not counting. We got a problem because they're out for 10 seconds. The referee is not counting. And, you know, to me, I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel as bookers or Tommy feels about this, but I would have that been the finish, and it would have ended in a no contest. They they both went through it. Neither one of them comes out. We go to commercial uh, from the pay-per-view, so you don't see them coming out of the hole. And that's it. You know. Just wow. should be. Hey, you remember when a sunset flip was a finish? Abs- oh, my God. Yep. Oh, God, rem- yeah. Absolutely. Oh. And as, and yeah, as a little guy. As a little guy. <laughs> I am not my, that old. Come on now. My, I am. Okay. Oh, hold on. What is this? Okay, I love you. I have love you. You're wonderful. I have respect for you. Screw you. Screw you. I am not old. (laughs) You know, as a guy (laughs) whose build weight was only 175 pounds soaking wet, the sunset flip flip was one of my favorite moves to hit. (laughs) You know, know, because it was something that I could grab quick and easy. Quick and easy, and guys would get pissed. They're like, "You're gonna, you're gonna hit me with the sunset flip," and and it's like, "Well, yeah, if I can get over you." But it's also it's also pretty. Well, that's just it. Right? You know, most of my moves weren't pretty. I'll be honest. I, I, I I was not pretty one. (laughs) Um, But the sunset (laughs) flip was always fun to pull off, and I also liked uh, as a heel, I do the up and over in the corner, and then put my feet on the ropes in the corner and pin them back. Because that got heat, you know. You do an up and over with somebody in the corner and put your feet on Ooh. the second rope while you're pinning them, people get pissed. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I get pissed. I, mean, I know I do. As a fan, I get utterly, yeah, like, come on, man. That's a, that's uh, a good <laughs> way to get the heel over without hurting the face. That's perfect. Yep. That and that's, that's, that's the way I was taught. Do things that are going to get you over as a heel without – Burying the baby face so bad that he can't make his comeback. Yeah. And my, my other favorite thing, and I, I, you don't see this anymore, but a, an old classic heel would work the guy in the corner and then drag his eyes across the rope into that other corner. You don't see yeah. that anymore. No. I love no, doing don't. that. I'm like, I'm like, this is so easy. Drag, and, the, and the guy's I like, well, it. how do I take it? I was like, cover your eye. How do I take it? Cover your eye. 
It's not that hard. <laughs> well, it, just yeah, cover your eyes, simple, dude. It's just as simple to get heat with if, if you have if the heel has the face in a in a headlock, and then he he um he puts his his fingers in his mouth and stretches his oh, mouth, and, and the yep. and the ref counts one two and he lets go, and then he grabs his nose and he's pulling on his nose. Ref counts one two he lets go, then he puts his fingers in the guy's eyes one two he lets go, and then the ref argues with him. I mean. Nerd. That's building the heat, and they, it's, and it's something simple that nobody does anymore. Gee, simple is safe. Well, and the, you yep. know the other one of my other favorite moves to hit. Like I said, I'm not a big guy. I'm six foot, about 175 pounds, soaking wet. I hit you with a fireman's carry out of nowhere, and nobody does the fireman's carry anymore. Like you, you don't even see no. that. I I literally worked a guy and called a fireman's carry, and he had no idea what it was. And I was like, oh, oh my. <laughs> oh, good God. Oh, my. Come on, you man. That's a problem right there. Because if guys are working in the old way, you didn't have to call a fireman's carry. Because you worked, you danced, and you just went into it, and the guy knew what you were doing. When you tugged on his arm and you headed for between his legs with your left arm, mm-hmm. he knew he was going over to fireman's. Yeah, well, I mean, I must have watched Absolutely. 150 matches with Manny Fernandez, and I don't. I said, I remember in the beginning, I, I, I gave up after the second, third match with him. Manny, what do you want to do? Let's work it out. Here's the finish. That's it. End of story. If you can't hang, you're you're in trouble. You're going to get beat up. Right. Right. Well, and then That's the, the other thing, you know, the other thing that I want to mention. Um, and, you know, Tommy and everybody will have feelings about this, but there was a television, uh, well, it was actually on YouTube on Tuesday night. It was John Moxley against a job guy, and they let this job guy stick around with their champion for 13 minutes. Whoa. Whoa. That's not right. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, really even I know that's not right. There's no job guys anymore. Really. There's... There's enhancement talent, but there's no jobbers per se anymore. And what does what serve purpose does a jobber serve really? Because who did you beat up if you threw a guy around and you beat him in, in thirty seconds? That's true. So you know, I, I think the way things are now, it's like every match is semi competitive. So I give him credit if Moxley beat that guy that much. Good for him because it only makes him look better if you beat a guy that had some kind of you know. Uh, uh, talent. It's not. It's like okay. It's like you beat up a, a hundred pound girl and you're a three hundred pound guy. Or well, what do you beat up a three hundred pound girl? What do you accomplish? Well, no, that, uh, then you wouldn't. You wouldn't have liked Nyla Rose versus Riho. Well, I don't like Nyla Rose right off the bat. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> me and my Sorry. me and my neighbor had a big fight over that. Okay, so we're not going to go there this time. I'm shutting off. Um, you know, I've uh, got mixed feelings. I, I love her as a talent, but then there's it's uh, not because of that. Listen, it's that's supposed just, to be a gimmick, not your real yeah. life persona. So if you're coming out, you come out in the private sector. That's not your gimmick. Your gimmick should not be. Maybe opposite of what you are, or just different than what you are. Um, only a few people. A only a few people. Can, yeah, now only a few people can claim to be the same. You know, their gimmick and and their persona. It's kind of a little silly. You know what I mean? Right. 
Um, going back to the the TV match, uh, you know, I, I just man, you got you got to be careful because your champion, yes, your champion has to look competitive, but at the same time, you can't have a guy that nobody knows almost winning on your champion. It just it, to yeah. me, that's bad taste. Yeah, I guess it depends on who the other guy is. I'm not aware of who the other right. guy is, so I don't right. know. Right, right. Um, now, you know, we've talked a lot about it. Um, there's there's so much going on with what's right in the business and what's wrong in the business. And I want to give this update real quick. Uh, Paul Heyman has been taken out of the creative team at WWE, and SmackDown and Raw will now both be written by Bruce Pritchard. I don't know what happened with uh, Paul. This news just broke right as we were on the air. Um, oh, crap. Oh, what a, what a shame. <laughs> okay, what did I miss? What? 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 <laughs> oh, I think we're about to hear some okay. Paul stories. You totally. How about this? I'll make it simple. F. Paul E. <laughs> you have to um, first. I don't have that kind of connection. And guess what? He doesn't even owe me any money. <laughs> um, oh you know, boy! I I don't know. I there, well, he doesn't been a owe lot. anybody. He doesn't owe anybody money. HHG owes people money. <laughs> Was, wasn't that the uh, line we heard, Fonzie? <laughs> Yes, Eddie. Eight, 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 eight. Are you kidding me? <laughs> One at a time, I will kill you. Oh no! This is uh, <laughs> this has been uh, very my uh, eye opening. Um, talked, listened to uh, interview that the revival did with Jim Cornette and learned about how broken the system up there really is. Um, it was it was very kind of sad to learn that you you have two guys that can wrestle their asses off that were pretty much put through the ringer up there and now they're with AEW. Um, yeah. I, I I I don't know how to explain it. You know, everybody everybody should have aspirations to go bigger and I don't have a problem with that. But if that system is that broken, there's no way in hell I'd want to go there. No way in hell. Yeah. Let's, let's put it this way. You definitely don't want to be somebody who's established elsewhere and go there. That's for sure. Like, I, I think the perfect example is, like, look at these Briscoe brothers. I love them. I think they're unbelievable. You say, well, oh, yeah, they're very they're talented. There? Why aren't they there? Well, I'll tell you what. If they're not there, it's probably because they're smart enough not to go. Because right. if you're doing all right, you're making them some decent money, and your life is intact by having a lighter schedule, you got it made. Because you know what? They're going to go there, and all they're going to do is get beat up or be underutilized and be another waste. You destroy these guys. So I'm, I'm glad that guys like that are smart enough to say, hey, listen, the grass isn't always greener on the other side, especially in this climate, because we don't know what doing business mm-hmm. in the wrestling business is going to be like going forward after this COVID. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. You know, I mean, it's like, it's like, oh, I've worked, I mean, you know, I've worked in front of crowds of a few thousand. I've worked in front of crowds of like 20 and that. I, you know, it's the next time that I run, you know, 
what am I going to what am I going to be allowed to have in terms of an audience? Um, and you know, you know, what what am I going to be able to? What's you know, if that's the case, what kind of budget am I going to be looking at? That's and that's. That's the that's the thing that Steve and uh, me and our other partner are looking at right now. He runs uh, he runs in Nebraska. He runs in other states where some of this is not going on. But we I mean we had dates lined up in, here in Illinois. We had fairs. We had festivals. We had a thing that we were going to be doing. The uh, matter of fact, the end of this month, we were actually supposed to have two dates with Ricky and Robert Gibson, Ricky Morton and wow. Robert Gibson. And I got fans that, you know, pounding on my door. What's going on? I can't do anything yeah, about it. You can do about it. I, I, you know, Not my fault, it's, man. it's sad, um, but you have it to, sucks. you have to take precautionary measures going forward. We were talking about this with Jim uh, before you came back, Tommy, right. that there was a poll mm-hmm. done that, some people are not going to return to live sports because of this until the vaccine happens. And it's, yeah. you, you cannot, as an indie wrestling promoter, unless your pockets are loaded, you cannot afford to take hit after hit after mm-hmm. hit. Right. No, 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 you cannot. I mean, I, and, look, I don't know what's going to happen going forward, but I know it's going to be different. You know, I mean, and the other thing you mentioned the vaccine, and I want to—I don't want to get into all of that, but I'll tell you what: with what's going on in the world, nobody's giving me a vaccine that I don't know who made it and I don't know what's in it. No way. Uh, population control—that's all I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, I'm not going dis- well, to—I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Um, you know, it's—and the uh, thing—the thing—the thing about it is—is is we are—we um, are living in a very different time. We, we have a lot going right. on in the world, uh, not only with COVID, but um, we do have to make mention of everything, you know, the movements that are going on in the world. And that's all I'm going to call them are the movements. Um, yeah. It's it's a very different world to live in in the year 2020. I think uh, a promoter like mm-hmm. Sam Munchnick, who was a legend, would be – perplexed at how to how to go forward in 2020 if he were still alive or you know let's say his he had a son and his son was promoting there's no way i believe i I agree with cornet to an extent that some of this old stuff that has been done can work again and maybe maybe the way some of the things were run in the 70s can be used to try to make us move forward but Mm -hmm. i think that it's going to take time i think people are going to have to be patient um, if you're a promoter, you know you might not you might not be running for a while, and if you I can't I, I, if you, if you can't afford to not run, then you shouldn't be running in the first place. Right. We've always said like that. that. Um, yeah. Fun wrestling. You know, I uh, Steve and I'll tell you, I run on a shoestring budget, but I make it work. And I've always made it work. I have had one instance where a backer screwed me over where I couldn't take care of the boys and I punished myself. I said, I will not run for four years after this happened. And I stuck to it. And then, then it became pay upon arrival and, and nobody does that. I don't know if Jim, you do that or uh, Tommy, you've done that, but I will pay my guy. When the guys walk in, they, uh, we had a guy on here out of Tennessee. that is one of my good friends, Paul Eubanks. 
And the way he put it is, when I see the whites of your eyes, you see the whites of the envelope. And you know why that's good practice? I'll tell you, being a worker, I'll tell you why it's good. In, in, the, in the climate of the world of pro wrestling, uh, at any given time, depending mm-hmm. on who you are, you're always worried or wondering if, when, and is it, they're going to try to short me. So you have to go into the show having that in the back of your head. Do you think you can really relax 100% and have a great time? I don't think so. I know I need my money. I know I need that money. It has to be right. If it, that's why every single guy, like you say, come in the building, boom, here's your money. Because that's what, when I found one or two guys that would do that, I was thrilled to work for that. Because now that's, that's off the table. Now it all it is me to go do my job. Now, if somebody stiffs you, they run out early, they cut the match short, they sabotage, then you don't use them again, you know? Or you shake and turn them upside down until you get your money back. But that's a very, very... That's a very, very good way to operate. Uh, it shows that you're not waiting for the receipts to come in so you can make the envelopes. You don't have to make the walk of shame to the ATM. You got your envelopes filled out and, and ready to go. That's a professional way to do things. Can't go wrong like that. Right. Yeah, I try to do that yep. as much as I can. Um, if not, I try to get them uh, just as soon as their match is over so that way I look them in the eye and say thank you or I'll never use yeah. you again. Um, yeah. But I try to do it so that, it, uh, you know, at a time when I'm not running around like a chicken with its head cut off, worrying about everything right. else, too. Right. Well, and that's that's the other thing, you know. Uh, I tell guys, I tell guys when when you get, when you get to the venue, find me, and that yep. that sometimes requires hunting me down. But when you get to the venue, find me. We'll go do business. Um, now I do have a rule in my locker room, Jim, I don't know if you have ever implemented this or Tommy, you've ever implemented this. I fired a guy on the spot after my first show because he went in the locker room and made it be known that he got paid more than some of the other guys there. And I don't agree with that one bit. Don't bring, don't bring him back. That's the end of that. Now, listen, I will say this, just to go back a little. I will say that I've had some shows start and only had some guys paid and had to go to the box office and grab, you know, seven, $800 or whatever if it was there. But I always had, you know, I have money from other shows that I have an account. So if it was short, walk of shame wasn't a walk of shame because it wasn't coming out of my personal pocket. It was from the school and the promotion. So, you know, that's the, for as professional as you can be with the guys, you're gonna, it's going to come back tenfold. So, right. And then again, right. then again, some guys don't appreciate anything. So it's up to nope. you to decide who you want there and who you don't. Right. Now, the other thing that I wanted to get into uh, – oh, lost my train of thought here. It'll come back. Um, we we talked so much about um, – you know, paying the guys and paying the guys right. But there are also some of these guys uh, that will talk to people and they get influenced by booking. And I had this, Steve and I had this happen last year when we were setting things up. I booked everybody that was booked for last June on November 23rd of 2018. On November 23rd, 2018, you had the June 1st date. You were confirmed. I went back and double confirmed everybody again in February. A couple months later, talent starts pulling off. Bullshit reasons. I'm like, okay, well, talent's replaceable. But 
I believe if you're going to take a booking and I put you on the poster and I put you on the TV ad and you want to bail on me, now we have a problem. Now yeah, we have a big I'll problem. With you, I'll be honest with you. That's too far out, I believe, in my opinion, to book a show. That's a, that's a lot. Of, that's about eight months. You know, okay. that's a little long. And not that, not that that justifies anything, but it's a long time. It's even promoting a card too soon is not good because people see the date and say it's three months off. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to worry about it. It's three months away. Next thing you know, they're like, oh, the poster's gone. Oh, I missed that show. So right. That might that might not have helped you too much. I don't know. Right. That's just my opinion. Um, I believe that if you're going to take a booking, it needs to be stuck with. Um, I, I, you know, I get that people talk and people will, you know, people can influence other people. It happens all the time. But yeah. if, if you have committed to take a booking with me and you've never worked for me before, I believe that you owe me the dignity to give me a chance. Yes. Um, or or give you ample. If you're already on the poster and you're a cheap player, that's one thing. Right. If you're not, then you know you call and say a month a month ahead of time. Listen, I didn't realize my my parents' seventy fifth anniversary, whatever. Right. You know, communication is key. It could all be worked out if you communicate. Um, I wanna I wanna tell you guys a story, um, real quick. Steve and I's last show was uh, that we actually were able to run because, like I said last year, I was at the venue. I got sent a picture of a wreck of what was supposed to be the ring that was coming to my venue. I found out that the picture was from a year prior. Um, It was a scam. Long story short, I could not find another ring to be able to get there and get it up before bell time. And I had family coming from out of state, so I had to make a decision. I was not going to get all the talent there and then go, hey, I have no ring. No, that's irresponsible. We're going to do freestyle and submission wrestling in the middle of the floor. Yeah, that's what we're going to do just now. Oh, I, think, I, I know a promoter that did that. They went to the local high school and said, we need your mats for the night and had the guys oh, work yeah. on yeah. mats. Yeah, it's been wow. done. No doubt about it. Um, you know, the thing about it is, Steve and I's last show was uh, 2017, and we had Tracy work for us. And I've known Tracy a long time. One of the most Tracy's humble. mothers? Yes, Tracy's mothers. One of the most humble, genuine, kindest men you will ever meet in your life would go out of his way for anybody. Um, he actually had a school here for a little while. It lasted about a year and a half uh, where he was training guys. And guys got to learn from him, but I'll tell you what, Tracy didn't take any bullshit. Um, so, and it, you know, I you guys know either. <laughs> no, no, you don't want to piss Paul off. As, as, as we we got to call him, you don't want to want to piss off the old man. Um, he he was so nice. He um, he put over talent that you know he didn't have to put over. And yeah. the thing about that is. I would book a guy like Tracy Smothers any day of the week, and here's why. Because these young guys that are out there today do not have a guy like that taking them under their wing and teaching them the right way to do business. Exactly. You don't have that. And Tracy would, do, would, Tracy would work with any kids that was there, whether they were five years' experience or two years. 
or you know, two weeks. That's yep. the way it was. Um, I loved I loved working with him. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping he's he's doing okay. It's been a while since we talked. Um, I, I you know you have to have somebody like that that you can bring in. And the thing about it is, Tracy did me a favor that night. I won't tell. I, I, I will not disclose how much he came into me for, but. When he gave me the prize, I almost cried. I said, I can't do this to you. And he says, this is, this is all I want. You've been good to me. Pay me this, and we'll call it even. That's and awesome. You, you have to appreciate guys like that, too. There are promoters that will take advantage of somebody like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, it'd be pretty stupid <laughs> to do that. Oh, <laughs> Uh, you know, Steve, we're talking guys, about uh, these old guys can shoot. Steve, we're talking about when we had Tracy Smothers in for us. I was telling them about he, when he was in for us in 2017. Hello, Steve. Where's Steve, Steve at? We lost him. Steve came. Hello. Oh, Steve. Okay, Hi. there we go. I didn't All have. Right. I, I, I somehow had my mic. My mic. Uh, you switch flipped, so we were, we were yeah. We were so Tracy, oh my gosh, I love Tracy to death. I've known Tracy. Yeah, me too. Some of my earliest years in the business, um, I worked for a promotion that uh, was partially owned by a guy that uh, I I know Bill knows. Now I don't know. I don't know if. Uh, if Tommy and Jim, you might recognize the name. I don't know if you ever actually have dealt with him, but uh, Bert Prentice. Well, yeah. I know Bert who he is, but I've never worked with him. Oh, Tennessee yeah, guy. I've heard the name, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bert, Bert uh, well, was probably one of the uh, actually most legendary promoters out of the South. He was also a uh, uh, on-screen uh, manager back in, back in the day when uh, – uh, Joe Blanchard was on the network South Coast Championship Wrestling. He was actually uh, his manager. Um, but uh, Bert co-owned a uh, um, a promotion in Indiana with a uh, real estate guy who on the side was a uh, photographer for uh, um, PWI. And um, so... I went. I went in for. I went in for them. Uh, uh, Tracy. Tracy was on the car. That was the first time we ever met. Um, Brian Lee, who uh, later, of course, uh, did uh, Second Undertaker, and of course was uh, in ECW for a while with you guys. Um, Mike Sample. Um, let's see here. Uh, well, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember all the guys that were. Uh, in that promotion, there was it was a it was a it was a pretty good lineup in that, but uh, right. you know, I mean, Tracy, Tracy treated me like I'd been like I'd been in the business a hundred years, practically right. it seems like, you know, and I was and I was still and I was still green as grass at the time, and that, but uh, you know, um. You know, I learned I learned so much with him, Brian, Rod Price. There was you know a number of guys, and that, um, and and Bert was just I mean you know 
Bird was a good Bird was a good promoter. Always was. I mean, he could. He's actually, he could he's actually still promoting. Uh, believe it or not, he's actually promoting. Uh, it's uh, USA Wrestling still in Tennessee. He's he's the one that did the rematch between Funk and Lawler a couple of years ago. That was his cool. show. Yeah. And I'm like, you know. I'm sorry, what was that? Does he have any kind of local coverage, any local TV or anything? I believe he does, yes. I believe he he does have yeah, a TV does. deal down there. So if you look yeah, if you look it up in, on YouTube, uh, it's still it's still under USA Pro Wrestling? Yes. Yeah, okay. I, I think it's out of I want to say Knoxville. Well that's where it was originally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. I used to love that. It was a great show. And for a while, um, What's his name was there? Um, from uh, Soli. Gordon Soli was doing commentary for them for a little while, which I thought was very interesting. In his, the book that I read on Soli, Soli Chronicles, I think it was, from Scott Seals, Crowbar Press, um, they mentioned all the different places that he worked, but I, it's funny, I never saw mention of USA Wrestling at an Knoxville, and he was there for a while. I think he was also with CWH. For a while, I don't think they mentioned either one of those promotions in the the, the list of promotions he, he worked for. So that's kind of weird. But I always liked the Didn't they have the, the bodybuilder down there? It was really good. Um, the big, huge legs. What the heck was his name? Oh, man. Uh, no, he was a power lifter. I'm sorry. Um, um, big, oh, my big God. Bill Kazmaier? Legs. No, not Kazmaier. Crap, why can't I think of a chick's name? He was featured very heavily on that show out of Knoxville. Oh, Doug, Doug Furness. Doug Furness. Doug Furness. Yeah. Oh, Doug Furness. Oh, yes. Oh, God rest his soul. That guy was really good. Yeah, yeah I, I traveled with him while he was in his in ECW for a little bit, and he was a hell of a worker. God, I, yeah. he, we had it set up. If he would call me asshole in the ring, everything was good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey, that's um, good asshole. You know what? Asshole is one of the first things I call up my husband within 15 minutes of knowing him. Yeah, the other thing that we need, the, the other the other thing that we need to talk about uh, because because I'm sure Jim and Tommy and even Bill can attest to this. If your poster, I I got to tell this story first. We had a guy here in Illinois that brought in Bob Orton a couple years ago, maybe 10 years ago. He literally cut out a picture of Bob, glued it on a piece of paper, <laughs> wrote the words in with pen, and made no. copies of them and put them out. Oh, I wish God. I were kidding. I wish I were kidding. That's crazy. <laughs> I see it all. Yeah, the first the, when 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 Sean sent me the picture of this, my first my first words were, "You're kidding, right?" And he said, no. And I'm sitting there, and the hand is up against the forehead. And the next words were, oh, my God, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> but it's not – It's that's one instance. But there are some terrible-looking posters that get put out. Terrible. Terrible, 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 terrible. If you cannot pay at least fifty dollars to somebody to design you a good looking poster, don't yep. run. 
Yeah, I was fanatical. fanatical about that. I'm afraid to put faces on or the 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 wrestlers on the poster because they they you know don't show up or they pull out or or you know things things change. Mm -hmm. So I hate to put people on there, but I mean if if I can get my main event on there, yeah, great. It can't. It can't look like. I know I can't can't, that's, all, that's really what it should be. You, you see these posters today? They got 75 people on a poster. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I, right. Giant, giant collage of faces. I mean, come on. That's a little ridiculous. Yeah. I limited my last poster. Let me uh, we pull it up here so I can get a good look at it. I want to see it. Yeah. Let me see your poster. I mean, I mean, you know, when I, when I work, when I work Lucha, that's what you do. They, they put like, you know, the entire card, referees, ring announcers, so on and so forth on those posters and that while, you know, Hey, it's a great, it's a great ego rub as a rep to get your face on a poster. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you the upside to that. Here's the upside. They're smart. They're smart. You know why? Unlike most of us, their people support them. So you want people to come out. Yeah. You put everybody's picture on there because guess what? Even a referee's going to have eight people because that's how they are. <laughs> right. The, right. That, the, the Mexican, the Lucha, that's true. The Lucha crowd. I fans. Big, I'll admit it. Um, Jim, you wanted to say something. One at a time. I will. Yeah, I was just going to say, well, you, while you were looking up your poster, I looked up um, Burt Prentice's promotion. They run out of Jackson, Tennessee, which is about 90 miles outside of Memphis. Okay. I'll um, look that up. Okay. My last poster, Steve and I, the I'm last poster that Steve and I had, had th- three of our main talents. Uh, two were our main event, and then there was one other guy that was uh, a main talent from around here, and then my two girls. And that was it. Five people on the poster. Yeah. Oh, and it looked like a million bucks. Yep. Yeah, that's the way it's it does look good. You know, you can't. Well, I mean, you could look. And and here's the other thing that you guys like, and I know you'll all appreciate. At the top of the poster, in big big letters, it says wrestling. Thank wrestling. you. Wrestling. Yeah, we used to be silly and put live. Pro wrestling. Well, because, if, be because hey, if there was nothing on, because if there was nothing we, on it, we had a windy city. Because yep. seriously, Live if you wrestling. see, if you look at this poster, okay, I'm gonna get rude, so get ready. Don't drink nothing. If if you were to look at this poster with no rating on it, you'd think it was for a porno. <laughs> you would. Because, no, no, because you got, you got, your, you got. You got your oiled up beef cakes in the center, right? And then you got this cutie over here and this cutie over here on the right. And 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 you know what they're gonna do. But then it says wrestling. Okay, it's not fun. <laughs> hey, check check shells. I'm sorry. Well, um, and, and I don't, I don't know where that, that came from. That's why that's why on my posters I make sure that the words family friendly are on every poster. That's the other yeah. thing. Um, okay, hold on. Know. I gotta go look on, on on Sean's poster to see if it says family friendly. Yeah, but uh-huh, Jim, fucker. then you gotta you gotta read the riot act in the locker room, and if you got yes. guys like Pat, all ages friendly or, events. Yeah, I won't mention go. somebody else who's who's passed, but uh, I know exactly. I was just, gonna, I was just <laughs> thinking of the same word. 
You know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and, I know uh, exactly. I, I think I might too. People, those were two people. If I didn't want them to do something, I did not tell them not to do it. Oh, because I hate they guys like that. They would absolutely do the opposite. Okay, it was times. the first word out of his mouth. Yes, exactly. So, uh, but that being said, if you're going to have that on your poster, aside from guys like that, everybody has to know that it says it on there, and keep that in mind when you're out there, and don't lose your cool with some fan or call some kid something you shouldn't call them because we're saying it's family friendly, and we're going to lose people that aren't going to come back because you said it was family friendly, and this guy's dropping the f bomb on my eight year old kid. So, you know, uh, right? Yeah, and I, I tell you what, I'll. I, I gotta use. I will fire a motherfucker on the spot over that. I've done it. Yep. Steve. Steve yep. has literally taken guys in the corner and screamed in their face over stuff like this. I don't play around when yep. it comes to that. I don't. I will not do it. Um, the other thing that I had to learn to curb was some of the violence. Uh, you know, we. Yep. I don't mind blood, but I am not Ian Rotten by any means. Um. I don't believe in doing blood for the sake of blood. I had, I actually had a long conversation with Sir Mo on here a couple years ago where we, we came to the decision that no wrestling match needs blood because there's other ways around it. Yep. Yeah, just blood yeah. for the sake of blood. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I remember working with Uncle Ivan, and he would, like, be so preoccupied with when we were going to do the blade job. And are you ready? Get ready. And I'm like, dude, we're, like we're working here. We're doing a four corner double dog collar chain match. We got plenty of time. Let's get you know get in the ring first before you gig. You know what I mean? Would you hit your head on the way in? What happens? <laughs> so, what, what are you? you know, no, my personal buddy. favorite. My personal favorite is what are you new? Yeah, <laughs> that's my personal favorite. Are and you listen, new? Lou Albano <laughs> would cut his I love that hand. Pick. On the way to the ring, I did say this last week. He cut a curl of off his hair and landed. It was laying on his chest. From he cut right through the curl that hung on his forehead. But but Lou, oh my. you didn't even get in. You didn't even get in the ring yet. This is the truth. I mean, he was he was absolutely nuts that way. I mean, no, he was the first one. He started oh with the piercings and all that stuff. Nobody did that back then. He was putting you know uh, pins in his. In safety pins in his face. He had elastic bands in his face. Right. He cut his forehead was an absolute mess. And to, re, to prove the point, ninety percent of those scars on his head were not necessary and didn't accomplish no. anything. Some no. yeah. actually have a sickness about that. A lot of guys have that, and that's the main concern. Is when I'm going to get it. Like, I had enough. Like, can I try to get more? I mean, it's silly. It really is. I did it. I did it plenty of times, but I was smart. I always made the right blade. I was told how to do it properly. I always cleaned it up and kept it clean, and I didn't do it every time I went out there. Because let's face it, mm-hmm. what are you going to do in the afterlife? What are you going to do in the afterlife? You're going to sell cars with a forehead that looks like a friggin' road map? Well, and that's the way, yeah, that's the way some yeah. of these guys are, man. I I will be honest with you, Katie and Steve, and everybody else here. I gig one time. I had the promoter come to me. There was a carload of guys uh, that did not make it, and he yeah. says. He says, I need you to fill in. And I said, you know, I'm here. What do you need me to do? And he says, well, tonight you're going to bleed. I'm like, I don't know that I want to do that. He's like, I'm increasing your pay. I'm like, okay, well, 
Okay. Like I, said, I, I still don't know that I want to do that. I was like, uh, you know, I, I really haven't been walked through this. And he took seven minutes and showed me how to do it. And I went out there and put the thing under my wrist tape and went out there and went out to the ring and did the spot and did it and cleaned it up. And, I mean, if the situation calls for it, great. But some of these guys go out there and – there was a thing a couple of years ago, I don't know if anybody saw, but they were actually sticking needles in each other. And I'm going, oh, wow. I lost my sword. I, I lost are my sword. Well, like, are we talking like straight pins or hat pins? Or I, what sent kind you, of I sent you guys these here. photos. They're very disturbing. I mean, they're, yeah. they're oh, using. You can't they're make using it. They're using empty needles and putting it through each other's oh. mouth. And. and, and oh. I've I've saw okay, somebody come like in the serious locker room. I saw somebody come in the locker room and hit somebody with a syringe in the shoulder right through the shirt of oh. of new base. New base. Yep. That's oh, that's crazy. Lord. Well you well, you uh, know whatever the, the fiber <laughs> was from that shirt is now in your shoulder. <laughs> well <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and I'm not even I'm not even talking guys are hitting each other with drugs. They're, they're doing a hard they're they're doing a hardcore match, and now we're pulling out hypodermic needles to uh, freaking stick in each other. And I'm going. Uh, not only is Jim Cornette losing his mind, but I'm sitting here going, "You couldn't pay me enough to do this. Like if this is what no. wrestling, no, 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 no. I some of these some of these guys have let their morals go. Um, I am not. It's not that I am against hardcore wrestling by any means, or, or deathmatch no, wrestling. No. It's got its niche. But there are a good. There is a good majority of deathmatch guys that can't work, and there's a good majority of real wrestlers that can't work a deathmatch style, and that's the way it yeah. should be. Yeah. Uncle you know, yeah. John the one who can do it. I would venture to say that a way big percentage of the guys who are entrenched in that really hardcore, you know, deathmatch stuff, all of them have some issue other than being completely normal. I mean, you to take a blade every once in a while. Listen, I remember when no. Paul wanted me and Sandman to do the, the gig on the arm, wanted me to give my arm from getting hit with the cane. And I was like, I'm already doing my head. Like, I don't really want to. And I saw okay. that, you know, I wasn't going to get the spot. And we were the only ones that decided to do it. And a lot of guys in the locker room who spent many years after riding on a hardcore title said, no, and what are you guys doing that for? Next thing you know, he's going to want you to do this. He's going to want you to do that. And that was the majority of the guys in the locker room. Question. Um, but we did what we needed to do. We, I, I wanted a spot, and I did it. So I waited. And in the locker room, I said, I know how my head reacts. I have to do my arm in the locker room once so I know what depth of the blade to use, what to do, because I don't know how that skin is going to react. That's what I'm saying. How how – like, how, how deep do you go? How, like, it, well, you, you only know? go... And I know you have to do it quick. Yeah, but the, de- right? the, depth is very, the depth is very easy. You tape the blade oh, to the point yeah, where yeah, there's I know that. tiny bit sticking out, and that's it. Yeah, Unless I you know that part. push it in hard, you're not going to go any deeper. So no. I did it in the locker room first, and to this day, to pick up my shirt, you can see... All those spots, well, I only did it a few times, but it, the skin is different on the shoulder than it is on the head. 
The head is completely yeah. healed. The shoulder is still there. So well, you've got to live mm-hmm. with that for the rest of your life. Right. Well, and that's oh just it. Some of these God. guys, some of these guys no, will go out there yeah. and and wrestle without a shirt on and take twenty million light tubes. And I'm going, oh, sh- like no. What, what if that shit goes in your eyes? I think they should give you goggles. I know it will Well, here's, the, here's the thing that we have not talked oh, no, about the, ever. Wait, wait. Ever. I have one last thing. I have one, one more thing, boss. Yeah. Just one more thing. And then you look at Abdullah the butcher's head, and it, it's deep-ass fork marks, slices, dices, meat tenderizer. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like you look at his head, and, and that don't look like no head. Th- yeah, like especially especially when we were watching um, yeah. uh, Dark Side of the Ring, we got to see him a little bit, and you can see the deep ass scars. And my husband has told me the man would fork himself repeatedly. Yeah. I'm wow. just like, oh Jesus, my god! Carlos yes. Cologne is is another one. See, I was I always yeah. thought yeah. I, I would go I would go side left to right rather than up and down because your wrinkles will be side to side. You go yeah. up and down. There's no way. There's no way that's ever going to be hidden. Well, Carlos Colon apparently went both ways. He's got a checkerboard <laughs> forehead. Oh, good God! He went. Yeah. Well, look at look at Flair's head. Left and right. Uh, I yeah, mean, horrible. seriously, I've always, I've described his head that uh, it looks like a uh, map of a map of the interstate. Oh, you yeah, know, I was always and. Now, granted, my hairline is receding now, but I was always thought to cut in the in the beginning of the hairline. <laughs> it'll 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 bleed. It'll cover your face. It you, you know your hairline will cover it up real yeah, nice. Yeah, and you're, you're a blonde. You scar- and and, and, a- and you're a blonde, uh, Sean. And you're a blonde. So blonde, blonde and blood look really, really good together. I, I tell you straight up, my favorite ever to see with the crimson mask. He's got to be Flair, because when that cop sucker bled, he bled. Uh, he bled. Getting back too. He bled getting good back, too. You know. Getting back to the I, light bulb. I I got a little juice with Beulah. That that you did not get a little bit of juice. You needed a damn blood transfusion when that thing okay. was over. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All, all right. All right. I need an education real quick about that. What happened? Uh, Katie, I will send you the match on YouTube. It is uh, very all graphic. Right. All right. uh, it's <laughs> Bill Alfonso versus Beulah McGillicuddy in the Saga oh feud. Uh, I know who Beulah is. Uh, tore up ECW back in the day. No, you did oh not lose shit. a little bit of blood, Bill. You needed a damn blood transfusion. We've heard the stories oh. about that. <laughs> is that yeah, for real? Yeah. A, little, a little crazy. <laughs> hey, Jim, who refereed that match? You remember? Wasn't you? No, it wasn't me because I know I came came out to help clean clean people out of there. (laughs) Who was that? The referee? I can't recall. I I would. Of course not. How would you? At at that time, I I would say it was either John or Pee Wee, unless Jeff Jones did it as part of. No, no, Jeff Jones. No. Okay. I wasn't sure if he was doing that part of that angle yet. Um, so I would say it was either Pee Wee or John. Uh, yeah. I, and I'm going to say John. John I seem to remember John and I having quite a discussion about the match. <laughs> how he was like, oh, my God, how do we get out of this? <laughs> um, but I want to talk to something with all you guys about the light tubes because I won't allow them. I've had guys, you know, bring them in their trunk, and I'm like, nope. Why? Because it's got a, a couple of reasons. 
It's got a poisonous gas in it that you should not be inhaling, that cannot yep. be taken out of it. Um, and the other thing, a uh, quick story, uh, speaking of lower ceiling venues, in the one-year anniversary of the company me and my brother started with, uh, we were sitting front row. It was me and his girlfriend at the time and him, and they happened to hit a fluorescent light tube above the ring. Piece of that ended up in my brother's girlfriend's eye. Uh, yeah, I remember you saying that. I will never, ever allow light tubes. I don't agree with it. I don't think it needs to be done. I think it's senseless. Um, some of the stuff these guys are doing, man, it just, I'm like, man, I, I got mad respect that you're that tough and you'll have my respect till the end of the, the world, but you don't need to put your body through that to get over to an audience. Now, There's other worries around it. Who's buying when those I had, bowls? That's what I want to know. I, I want to get stock in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. stock, stock at Home Depot. But when I had my building and rented it out to other companies, I told them no light tubes. And they would go, oh, why not? They would get upset. They would get mad at me. And I'm like, no, because, one, I have to clean it up. Two, if it doesn't get get cleaned up properly, we train here, we put our own shows on, and we have kids' birthday parties where the kids get in the ring. And and God forbid a kid gets cut later Um, on down, you know, uh, two weeks later. Because it wasn't cleaned up properly. Yeah, no way. You can't have, you can't say family friendly if you're if you use light bulbs, right, Tom? No. Right. No, and and I had to learn this myself. Steve and I were promoting, and we had these guys in a feud that would, you know, they came to me and they're like, "We'll do anything you want." I'm like, "Well, what have you done?" And they're like, we, "We've done hardcore." And I'm like, "Okay, well, let's see what you can do." And I put them on the first show, and and it, it got over. And we put him in an angel, and, and Stephen are like, Stephen are, uh, I were like, what can we do that'll look good that will not be them killing each other? And Stephen, I came up with it. Fans bring the leather straps. It's simple. It will get the message across. You can do it in a safe way. Uh, you you make them tear their shirts off and and whip each other with it, and they'll they'll take home the wealth, but they're getting a good payday for it, and. People don't do stipulations like that anymore. Let's let's go out there and have a, you know, I want to put you through, you know, everything that I can instead of working smart. Because if you go back and look at some of the classic leather strap matches or anything like that, bull rope matches, it got over. And the guys didn't yeah. kill each other. No, it's easy. Very easy. You know, but really the definition of hardcore and not death match just plain a little hardcore is what Cousin Luke used to bring me in, asking me and me, I need you guys to move a little furniture. You move, move a little furniture. Maybe one guy gets a little color. You're outside the ring a little bit. Don't get too close to the fans. And pick a, a dead uh, a corner of the, the, the grandstand and walk the guy up there. Walk him back down. Stay out of the crowd. That's your hardcore match. And that's the easiest <laughs> thing to do. There's no real, you know, skill to that. It's just you gotta be smart, you gotta be careful. And you're not killing like you said, you're not killing yourself. Yeah, well and that's that's just it. Nobody's losing you know, an eye. I, I had people that have come to me and be like, Well you don't ask me to work like that and I said, No, and I won't. I don't I'm not that type of individual. I am not Ian Rotten. I will not ask you to walk through hot goals for me. 
I will ask yeah. you to do what I ask you to do, but that's it. If you're not comfortable with that, I find somebody that is. And that's, yeah. that's another thing that a lot of promoters get pissy about. They're like, well, he doesn't want to do this. And I lit- Steve and I, I'm going to tell this story. Steve and I ripped on a promotion a year or two ago because they ripped the ring apart. They're literally ripping mm-hmm. the ring yeah. apart. Yeah, yeah. And, and everything. The, 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 the canvas is the gone. The pads are gone. Yeah. Are. I'm like, oh, what yeah. the hell are you doing? Like, you better pay me for. Yeah. You better pay me ahead in advance for a new ring. If I'm if I'm the ring rental. Oh, I would. Yeah, guess. and not, not only that, you have yeah. to worry about Best something as, as simple as a mm. ladder. Because I had a vinyl canvas uh, that I got from my samples. It was beautiful. But somebody okay. put the ladder in and didn't check one of the boots was off the ladder. So number one, it's not going to sit level. And it punctured my, my $600 freaking eight, my, my, my uh, canvas. Right. So, you know, you got to look. I, I get angry when I see stuff like that on TV. Just people sitting on a couch with their shoes on. <laughs> like. So you're gonna come in and you're gonna wreck my 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 ring? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, and then it was it was a, more of a matter of morals to Steve and I because we I was always taught the ring is sacred. You do not disrespect the ring. You wipe your feet before getting in. Yeah. And when Steve, I saw Steve this, and I know that. when I saw this, I was disgusted. I was like, you know, their their defense. Well, everybody knows what a wrestling ring is made of. No, people don't. If they've never no. seen the, the thing taken apart and put right. back together, what fans aren't there for, they don't know what it's made of. That's part of the illusion. They might see the apron lifted. The, they, I mean, the most I was seeing as a kid is the apron being lifted for tables and chairs or wherever else they wanted to hit you with, you know, that was underneath the ring. Or if somebody scooted underneath and hit underneath the ring. It's the only time I ever saw that. You know, it would be be a good education for them to see. So they would realize that you can call it fake, you can call it whatever you want. You can't fake uh, gravity if I slam you from six feet over my head. Let me show you what's underneath. It's not a trampoline, and if you ain't 200-plus pounds, you ain't making the thing move unless it's a really, really springy ring. So people don't understand that. Right. Right. I've seen the spring. Oh, guys, I found the match. Yeah, exactly. I've I've had rings like that. Found the match. Finnegan refereed that. Okay. Wow. Oh, wow. Nice. Nice. Yes, that was, you know, your match with Beulah. Oof. Uh, Oh, damn. That'll, 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 uh, you know, that's that's a history lesson for anybody that wants one. You get you got to go back and see that. Um, Bleacher we've talked to, listed as one of the bloodiest matches of all time. Yes. Wow. Got to check it out. Uh, now the other thing that I want to talk to you, these gentlemen, about, and even Bill Alfonso about, is the importance of keeping the ring clean. Because some of these yeah, promoters, ew. oh my God. I walked into a venue mm. one time, and I, I I literally walked in and had to walk back out because it stung so bad. And I was like, what the hell is that smell? And as I got started to walk closer to the ring, I was like, oh, my God, no. Like, no. That, that's that's why I love, I love the heavy-duty vinyl. It really – I think it's awesome. Um, you just get a you know, hot 
you know, hot water and a new mop head every time. You cannot. You know how almost impossible it is to get. Uh, uh, Jimmy, I don't know. What's the, when's the last time you had your <clears throat> canvas done, and who did it for you? Did you get it steam cleaned? Um, no, we we've done it ourselves. When when I had the school, we we, had, right. we did it ourselves. Now the the one that I have now, I haven't cleaned yet because it was it's fairly new. Um, right. But it's been sitting in storage for three months, so I'm going to have to clean it. Yeah. That's a tough I mean, thing to do, man. That's why, like a divinal, it's so much easier. It doesn't retain yeah. anything. Now, here, here's like, where I'll, where I'll, I'll go say ahead. I don't like vinyl. As a referee, I don't like vinyl because you can't slide to, to make a count. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I've, I've, got, I've gotten my foot caught more times on a vinyl ring than I care to admit. I've even, I've even actually, I, I twisted my ankle in a show once. On a vinyl canvas, I got through it, but boy, I tell you, I was I was hurting the rest of that night. You, you knew about it. You knew it's about it. Like a dry it. slip and slide. Yeah, I extended my knee in a, a ring with a loose canvas. So when oh. you go to suplex somebody, I would plant my left leg as keep it on a canvas, right. and my right leg would come up first. Then I'd bring the left up to meet it as we went back. Well, just that little bit of the front of my boot got snagged in the, 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 the looseness of the canvas. And believe it or not, with that little bit of weight going back, it hyperextended my knee. I think I... Uh, oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, so, listen, pros and cons to everything, right? Yes. Mm, true, true. Um, you know, some of these guys, people don't... Some of these people don't know how to keep a ring clean, and I... You know that's uh, it's disgusting. If you're if you're expecting guys to go out there and and do what they have to do, or women in a ring, it needs to be clean. Um, yeah. And that's that's not just the canvas. That's the turnbuckle pads. That's the ropes. They need to be washed down. You know. Well, and you know, um, and now with after the after the pandemic, we're oh, yeah. you know promoters are going to have to hire someone who's going to go out and wipe down the ropes and and the turnbuckles yeah. between each match. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The smart oh, yeah. ones will. Well, the smart ones will. Right. And and, right. and you should well, you should lightly spray the ring as well. The, the ring needs to be sprayed sure. down a little bit as well. Yeah. Right. I mean, so right. it's, 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 peroxide. Peroxide will kill it. Right. And then and yeah. again, several weeks back, I, I think a, I said this the last ahead, time. Right. I think I said this the last time we were talking about something, something along this line, um, or maybe I was talking to Tommy about it. Um, those people who want to do that to get into the business aren't there anymore. They're they're all superstars right away. I well, I can't clean the ring. Bingo. That's like going into into a salon and saying, I'm not washing anybody's hair and I'm not sweeping up here. I'm cutting hair today. No, yeah. you're not. Yeah. The way the way that I started in the business, I was eleven or twelve years old and I was moving stacks of chairs that were taller than what I was to fill the venue and get all the chairs out in the venue for the six to eight hundred people that were going to be in attendance that night. And that's, sure, you did that's that. the way you, you, you sold programs, you sold hot dogs, you sold pictures, yep. you sold merchandise, you, you swept the ring, you took tickets, you know, yep. anything. And I, well, but the thing, I did that. But the thing is, guys, yeah, guys get so offended if you ask them to do that. Well, I'm training. Why can't I do what? No, you are training. 
And this is where I have a problem with, you know, some of these newer schools. If a guy is training, I was, I actually trained for 40 years before I had my first match. I started training when I was like 13, 12 or 13, want to say 13 and uh, did not have my first match until I was 16 and paid my dues that entire time. Because you're lucky. That's the way. And you're lucky you got one at 16. Well, yeah, but we all know what that was. But I mean, 16 was, was, I decided. That's like Tracy Lords. That's like Tracy Lords using her sister's ID. Okay. It's basically the same thing. Wow. How did you get in there? Well, but even, well, I think Xbox started really young. If that's, I think that's who it was. Yeah. He, yeah, he was, he was, it depends on like their laws. He was young too. You know, you've you've got to. People don't want to pay dues, and they get offended when they when they get asked to pay dues, because it's not the dues yeah. that they want to pay, and that's what the problem yeah. is. I have a I have a former student that stuck with the the, the place that the school that took over my building, um, okay. but he still worked with me to set up rings for shows that I was right. doing. Um, and when I felt that he was ready to work for me to do a show for me. I, I asked him if he wanted to do that, and he said, yeah. And I said, okay, well, meet me at storage, and we'll, you know, you're part of the ring crew. Oh, well, I, I can't I, I can't do that. I, I'm, I, I'm sorry, I can't. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm giving you a match, and you're working ring crew. Now, wait a minute, you're getting paid. You're getting paid two pays. You're getting paid the wrestle, and I pay you to set up the ring, too. Oh, no, I, I can't do that, because he's working main events at the other place now. And that's what in lies the problem. There are promotions out there that are booking guys that should have never, ever, ever been allowed to work a show because they're not ready. They have not paid. Yeah. yeah. I believe. I, I'm a firm believer. If you haven't busted your ass for two years in this business, you don't believe to grace. You don't deserve to grace the ring. And I'm yeah. not. Yep. I'm not. I'm not talking about you know, busting your ass and, and working hard in training. I'm talking about going out there and putting out my posters and selling tickets and putting up the ring and learning what it means to put up and take down the ring and be on the road with me when we're doing shows or other ring rentals. That is what's yeah, lacking. Give somebody tickets to sell it nowadays. Oh, that's like, Oh yeah. Tickets. That's, that's you, you have a better shot at winning the lotto than what you do to get a guy that can sell tickets. And it's not that some exactly. of these guys can't sell tickets. I've seen local talent that can move tickets. Seen that a couple times. But are they ready enough to be in that ring in the position that you're putting them in to get those asses in the seats? Because yeah. if they're not, you're rushing them. And that's how somebody's going to get hurt. Now, the, yeah, the final yeah. topic, go ahead, guys. The problem with that is when you get a guy that sells a lot of tickets and he sucks, then what do you do? What? This is, but you've got promoters you that'll still book him. Cover it up. I know, but that's well, the problem because now, now this, now this guy is the promoters, you know, kissing his ass because he gave him three hundred dollars in, in pre-sale tickets, and the guy doesn't deserve the position that he's now going to get based on that. This so, is another. You know, that's, just, that's a that's a slippery slope. It really is. This yeah. is another – this is going to be our final – maybe our final topic for the night. There are a couple of promotions throughout the Midwest that are taking guys' money that are calling them – letting themselves call themselves trained because they're funding the company. 
You can't do that either. You can't. No. I, I, you yes. know, what that reminds me of, uh, when a promoter, and I have, I have done this, but you have to be careful. When you involve a, a non-wrestling person because of their stature uh, in the school, in the system, in the town, whether it be a police, a police department, a head figure, uh, a mayor, uh, the coach, you got to be very careful. <laughs> that you have enough time to go over whatever it is that they're going to do. Don't put them in any position where they can hurt themselves or someone else. So that's kind of similar right. of an idea. You know what I mean? You know, to, to get the favor of, of the company, the, the, the venue or the school district, you know, okay, well, I know Coach so-and-so is a bodybuilder. Uh, he's a big order principal, I'll tell you that. Well, you know, it's funny you, you say that. You want to run a show here. We have a, a, a principal or a, a gym teacher who's a big bodybuilder and he's a big wrestling fan. That just sold mm-hmm. you just sold the show to that guy because you agreed to put this guy in some kind of a position on the show. Now, you better be prepared to get together with that guy for after hours somewhere a couple times because you don't want to go in that air cold assuming that the guy can pull off whatever it is angle that you put him in. That's you know, I've seen that right. Um, you know, I'm I'm not the type of promoter that's uh, and some of these people are doing this here, not only in Illinois but other places. I will take your money and I will let you wrestle for me and I'll dick you around and I'll take all your money and I'm not going to use you the way that you should be used or train you the way you should be trained. Yeah. Okay, and uh, we'll drag you down and sell you out. Okay. Um, <laughs> that reminds me of this. This is a, this, but this is a serious problem. You have you have promoters yeah. out there that will bleed a kid dry until there's nothing left in his pocketbook, and then kick him to the curb. Yeah. And he's not yeah. trained right. He's green. He's green. Yep. I don't. I, I. I'm not that type of promoter. If you want to fund me, that's great. But there's going to be rules and there's going to be a contract. I'm not one of these yeah. guys that will go out there and take somebody's money without a contract. And I don't, I don't believe in dragging people along by the dick. Yeah. That's not the way I would want business done with me, and I, I wouldn't expect somebody else to do business that way. Uh, you know, that's just the way it is. I, I don't understand it. Um, I think there's guys that are out there that are being taken huh. advantage of by. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, um, not only wrestling schools doing this, that are taking guys' money that shouldn't be training because, um, you know, just because the guy is 400 pounds and can give you $1,000 to train does not mean that he should be training. And just because he pays you to train doesn't mean you have to worry about putting pressure on him to do the things that he needs to do to learn the business, like set up the chairs and set up the ring. A lot of these uh, guys that own these schools are so afraid to tell a kid this or that. Oh, I'm, he's paying me three thousand dollars over six months. Like, I, what can I really say to him? Well, listen, this is the fee, and that has nothing to do with your stature in the in the in, in the group. You still have to learn step A, B, C, D, and so on. That's that's just the way it is. And too well, many, prom- but- too many uh, promotions and or schools feel like 
I get money, money from the kids. So I'm, that's it. I'm not going to ask them to do anything. So you turn your whole school into prima donna. They're afraid to let that money go is the problem. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to take a guy's money and, and, and train him and do it the right way. It's another thing to have a group of people that should never be in the ring and take all their money. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't I, – I would like a trainer if I was going to have a school that would tell guys that they're not qualified to wrestle. And yeah. that's where a big problem lies. Um, the other thing that I want to mention is some of these guys are letting people train without doing due diligence on their kind of background. I had to go down last year and take care of a guy that was working for a buddy of mine that beat the shit out of his wife on New Year's and left her for dead. I said, you can't have this guy in the ring. I said, you got two options. You either fire him or you go out and take him in the ring and teach him a lesson. Those are your two options. Because that kind of reputation will kill you. And the other thing is, you know, background check, you can't do a background check on everybody. But you can ask around and you can get as much information on somebody as you can. Because the other thing that's going on, and I've got to be brutally honest when I say this, is there's guys that that are – literally out there training guys that are on the sex offender street registry. Wow. That's not good. But it's happening. That's, that's, it's that's, the that's truth. That's easy information. That's easy that's to that. get that information. It's the truth. And, and everybody is afraid of it. You know, if, if, if you're letting a guy wrestle for you that he's got 20 million domestic battery charges, it's going to catch up with your reputation of your company. And you've got people that do not care. Obviously, I don't know if it's they don't care or they're they're just that stupid. You cannot. I was taught very, very old school by a guy that ran the NWA here in the Midwest. You cannot have anything a part of your product that is going to diminish its value in any way. Because the smallest little peep will turn into a fire. The smallest little spark will ignite a fire bigger than you've ever seen. And if you can't put that fire out, you're done. Yeah. True. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, you guys have been fantastic. Thanks for letting me sit in and listen to all this oh, great conversation. Thank you, Bill. Much love, Bill, Everybody's my boys, you know. Love having you fun. here. Don't be silly. Yes. We love you. Call me back. Call me back anytime, oh. please. Will do, Bill. Okay. Thank you very we'll much. So. Been a pleasure. Okay, Daddy. Daddy? Daddy? Okay, Daddy. Like, all I get is a daddy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's his catchphrase, Daddy. Hey, that's an honor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See? Exactly. Exactly. I'm a yeah, mama. Good night, guys. Good night, Good night. Good night. I want to talk to you. Good night, sweetness. Tommy Cairo, we're going to let you guys go and Jim. Uh, we're going to continue on yeah. a little bit into the after party if Katie and Steve are okay with that. I want to. I'm I wanna, refreshed. I want to. I want to talk a little bit about the AEW stuff from uh, last night uh, because, man, there was some good, good stuff uh, that happened last night. Uh, Tommy, if you're looking for a good tag match, um, check out yeah. AEW from last night because okay. uh, the revival, the revival. Yeah, uh, they're actually called FTR now, but uh, 
the FDR against a guy by the name of the Butcher and the Blade, and like literally, yeah. Steve and Katie and I are typing yeah. back to each other. This is tag yeah. team wrestling at its finest. Like this has cool. been. Yeah. My husband was going, "Holy shit!" <laughs> okay. <laughs> so and it takes a right, lot for him I, to say I anything. I enjoyed myself uh, immensely. Yeah. Uh, Jim, Much Jimmy, love. what did you say that? Uh, um, one more time on that uh, USA. We lost Jimmy. It's USA Pro Wrestling. It's USA Pro Wrestling, and it's out of Jacksonville, Tennessee. Excellent. There you Excellent. go. Good, good remember, John. All right, guys. Peace. Talk to you again. Thank you, Tommy. Yeah. Much you got it, Tommy. Thank Thanks, you. brother. You got it. Bye-bye. Yeah. All right, folks. I did not mean to kind of bow regard tonight's show, but there were a lot of topics that were itching <laughs> at my chest that uh, we needed to do. Why do, uh, why do you think – I'm telling you, I, I, it, in the middle of the show, I said, Steve, I need a bitch slap on the soundboard, please. So I have one to listen to after the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are gonna we are gonna take a short little song break uh, to give everybody a little Yay! bit of a break here, um, and gonna I'm gonna pee. Um, but we're gonna come back. We're gonna talk about AEW from last night, and we're also gonna talk a little bit more about uh, the the match that uh, John Moxley had on Tuesday on AEW Dark. Stay with us. We will be back with more of Wrestling Authority Radio live on the Evolution Radio Network and exclusively live on Blog Talk Radio.
professional wrestling, entertaining action that attracts a crowd and provides excitement at a fair or festival. The right promotion will have professionally trained talent with professional grade ring gear and equipment. Fairgoers will want to see more of them and attend ticket events in the area. Bring the wrong promotion, not vetting their credentials, you could end up with an embarrassing disaster. The talent may have no ring gear, little or no professional training, aren't family friendly, and perform so poorly, you'll wish they'd return to the backyard they came from. Burned organizers won't chance bringing in pro wrestling ever again, shutting out legitimate promoters. And the fairgoers, if they want to see wrestling, will only go to WWE events. If you want live professional wrestling at your fair or festival, don't get burned. Check their credentials before you book. A public service announcement from the Nosebleed Seats. You can contact us on... Saturday night, June 26th, at the Champ Cooper Elementary School in beautiful Ponchatoula, Louisiana. It's Stimulus Check Wrestling. Yep, we're putting our stimulus checks together, and we're going to have a wrestling show. Featuring some down-on-his-luck XWCW guy that we can get for under 100 bucks, and a few other guys we can pay 10 bucks a piece for. That's Saturday night, June 26th, unless the zombie apocalypse is caused by the virus. That's Champ Cooper Elementary School in beautiful Ponchatoula, Louisiana, and... Stimulus check wrestling. You don't want to miss it. All right, and we are back with more of Wrestling Authority Radio live on the Evolution Radio Network, exclusively live on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Statistic Sean David, once again joining you with my co host the Dean of Wrestling Referee, Steve Kane. And now, the very reason this show will never be a bag of dicks, Cat Katie. All right. Um, we've all watched AEW. I did not uh, watch all of In Your House. Um, there was some good stuff to that. Um, I didn't. I think I watched it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was... It was, no, it, was de- it was definitely it was some yeah it was it was good there was some there was you know I mean the NXT roster I'm sorry but they they beat the main roster eight ways to Sunday on this stuff um, I mean I mean I mean ser- I mean seriously um, you know uh, um, Killer Cross now uh, Carrion Cross. Um, and, uh, um, uh, yeah, it's well, no, yeah, Scarlet and, um, that, and that match was, that match was, you know, was, was pretty good. I feel, I feel bad Tommaso got, is getting sacrificed to, uh, get, to get yeah, him over. And that's, that's a pretty sad. That's pretty sad because, you know, unfortunately, this is what I think is going to happen with uh, these guys. I think Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano are doomed to be in NXT forever. Um, well, well, Ciampa, Ciampa is that's where Ciampa wants to stay. He is. Yeah, he already he said. Yeah. They, yeah. They, he said yeah, if, he he, if they move him up, 
roster. He's retiring on the spot. Because he knows he'll get washed out. Um, I, and Steve and I will get clips. Steve and I will get mm-hmm. clips for next week from the interview with uh, the revival and Jim Cornette. There was a lot of good stuff in that. I'm gonna. I, I will spoil some of it, but <laughs> when when you have the revival getting uh, praise from Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns is going to Vince and going, put me and Steph against them. And then she wow. shakes it off like it's nothing. And, right? Um, yeah, exactly. To, but, I thought, hear, but I thought Seth was his boy. To hear that uh, they called them up for Raw 25 and DX just, or whatever it was, Raw 1000, whatever it might have been, 25th anniversary of Raw, I think it was. Yeah, 25th anniversary Raw. They got buried by DX. And yeah, literally, they, they they went to the back screaming because they thought DX was going to put them over. No, DX put themselves over. It was all about Trish and his, and his boys. And then to no, hear... No, you see, Sean can't be beat, you know. You can't, you can't shame Sean. You just can't do to, that. To hear that they were granted their release and then turn around and had it revoked right away oh. was sickening. Yeah, I didn't hear about that. Oh, it happened. It happened. Did you hear that uh, mm. Triple H kept dragging them along by the dick, um, to put it nicely, yeah. um, made me sick. And to hear Vince tell them that it's that he knows it's a broken system and they're trying to fix it. Oh bullshit! Was totally mind blowing. Totally mind-blowing. You're telling your top talent that you probably, the top wrestler, the top actual wrestlers that you have in that company, that you know the system is broken and you don't know how to fix it. Right. And that shows because you're misusing them. If they would have stayed in NXT, they would have been the hottest thing in NXT still to this day. They didn't want to do that. They wanted what the revival wanted was a complete change of tag team wrestling in WWE, and it didn't happen. By any means, they were they were loved by Arn, and that's probably another reason they went to AEW was to be with Arn and be under his yeah. guidance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to basically learn everything that you learned from this interview that was quite lengthy with them. We're going to clip, like I said, we'll clip certain segments for next week, the ones that we, Steve and I really want you guys to hear. But if you get a chance to listen to the Jim Cornette experience from last Friday with FTR, go, if you haven't and you got time, go listen to it. It's about three hours. But... That oh interview my. is worth it. That interview is worth it. You will learn a lot of what the problems are in WWE. And uh, Vince, or, uh, Corny put it quite frank. This is what happens when you have a thousand chiefs and not enough Indians. Not enough Indians. I say that all the time. Too many chiefs yep. and not enough Indians. 
It's one of my favorites, actually. Um, and my brother has said that uh, WWE will now go to shit because it is now in full control of Bruce Pritchard. Not NXT, but back down in Raw. Yep. And I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, for that, I'm not just happy. for that, because I'm just, not, just for, I'm just not happy. I'm sorry. <laughs> just for that, I have to play this because it's been, oh God, it's probably been five years since we played this. But because because it is Bruce, because it is Bruce Pritchard, I got to play this. Brothers oh. and sisters. Are you wanting to become a professional wrestler? I said, brothers and sisters, are you wanting to become a professional wrestler? But you don't want to pay the dues of actually going through real training, going from town to town, setting up rings, putting them down, and actually learning how to do these things. Well, you don't have to, because hallelujah, you can come to Revolution Wrestling and you can learn using our patented training method of watching Raw and SmackDown and trying to learn those moves. And if you get hurt, well, we don't have no insurance, but by golly, I'm a... I love you. <laughs> I almost threw up. <laughs> I kind of, yeah, chirped in my mouth a little Yeah, just a little bit I don't think he can fix it Heyman's gone, Bischoff is gone That was supposed to be the answer to our prayers Heyman's gone? I didn't know Heyman was gone I said that while everybody was on Heyman is gone Well, everybody was talking a lot And I was trying to absorb everything And you think I can absorb it all? No um, which it, I, they probably want to bring him back to do anything with, more with Brock either. So Heyman is gone. Will Heyman go to EC? Uh, oh Jesus! Will Heyman go to <laughs> AEW? Okay, so do you just God, come to Brock gone Does that mean Brock is gone? Is that what that no, means? No, no, no. Brock uh-huh. will be. <laughs> Who's gonna talk for him now? <laughs> they'll they'll find <clears throat> some hot. Blonde the, to put with him. Maybe they'll bring back Sable to talk for him. <laughs> you all missed that one. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. Uh, here's from the New York Post. Um, it says it says the same released on Thursday. In an effort to streamline our creative writing process for television, we have consolidated both teams from Raw and SmackDown into one group led by Bruce Pritchard. Paul Heyman will concentrate on his role as an in ring performer. Well that means so, they're getting ready but, to do something more with there Brock. you go. Now you now you got now you got every now you got now you got all the teams you know, you got everybody put together, writing two different shows, oh, and they're not going to have a clue as to how, you know, the performers on Raw interact with each other or the performers on SmackDown, how they interact with each other. It's just going to, it's just going to turn into a giant cluster. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, 
man, we're and that's, <laughs> and that's the most polite way I can put it. Uh, yeah. Uh, the other news that we have to report is Billy Gunn is not allowed to use Gunn anymore. That is why his oh. name on AEW is just Billy because he is in a lawsuit right now with WWE. Oh, over his name. Over the, yes. over the name. Yeah. And here's the fucked up thing: when they let him go, when they let him go, um, if you remember what whatever it was they did, they they Triple H pretty much did a promo on Billy Gunn about him going to AEW because they knew it was happening. It made it right. appear like right. they were okay with him going, and now they pull this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pettiness. Absolute pettiness. Yeah. Worse has been done, though. We know that. Um, it appears that uh, Naomi is getting ready to step away from the WWE. In an interview that she did, um, she is discussing her next career move. Okay. Let's see what this is. Yeah. Oh, I haven't been Jim Ross has got a new trademark. This is the voice this of is wrestling. From, One at a this, time, I will kill you. This is from Naomi. Um, it's from her Twitter. I haven't been posting much of myself because lately I've just been down about all that's going on in the world, helping my husband through his injury and trying to figure out my next step work. It's been a lot to process, but today I woke up feeling hopeful and ready to rock. So I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know if they're going to bring her back or what. That would be a shame. Very talented. Um, I, I don't know that. I don't know that they could have done more for her. I don't know if the gimmick just didn't fit, or if the fans didn't get her. If it, you know. We're talking about the revival maybe they tonight. Didn't get maybe, her. They loved her. Maybe Vince didn't get her, and that's probably what it is. I don't think they Vince... Her, they gave her a lot of liberties, especially when she had the title belt and lit it up without telling them. She didn't um, tell them doing that. I and don't... allowed her to do it. I don't... I don't know. I, I hope that she'll have a future career in wrestling. I think she was very talented, but I don't know. Mm. She, I think she would be a very attractive uh, actress if, if she were to be. She could do uh, that. She could dance, you know, too, remember? You know, um, I see her, and I don't know what the hell her name is, but I see her in, like, these old classic 70s movies with the big afro, because that's what she's got right now, and you know, she could she could be like um, I don't even know what to compare it to because I don't know I don't know those movie references, but Steve knows what I mean. What era? What like era? the seventies? Like, like the seventies? Well, Foxy Brown. Okay, the seventies. Yes, Foxy Brown. There, yeah, she, Foxy. there you go. One of the black. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna pull a. Exploitation film. I thought you were gonna pull a. I'm ready for my close up, Mr. Deville. Type thing. Okay, I just thought you were getting to, but no, she could do. She could do Foxy Brown. She totally could. Um, yeah. You know, I um, getting now. I want to break down AEW Dynamite. Uh, Steve, you got any other news you want to get to real quick? I'll pull up wrestling well, news yeah. while you're doing um, it. Okay. There was a uh, 
there was a uh, backstage uh, argument, um, rather heated one, on Sunday, a takeover with uh, one of the uh, WWE producers and Shawn Michaels. Oh, and um, now, of course, uh, anybody who saw um, saw Keith Lee come out. Um, he came out. He uh, knelt down at the ring, had uh, Black Lives Matter on his vest and on his uh, trunks. And so Michaels was reportedly arguing about ongoing protests over the death of George Floyd, police brutality, and racial inequality. Um, now this is now this shocks me, and I will tell you why in just a minute. The producer felt that everyone gets treated the same, and Michaels disagreed with this and explained why what? he feels there is equality and systematic racism in America. Now, this is shocking. Anybody who knows Shawn Michaels, okay? Shawn Michaels, born-again Christian. Shawn Michaels, yes. also hardcore right-winger. So, for Shawn Michaels to say something like this, uh, it's it's I'm I'm sitting here in absolute shock because that that is that is not a side of Shawn Michaels that I would have expected to see, knowing about knowing his story like I do. So. Like, uh, wow. So. Well, you know, Cornette always said Michaels, Michaels was an odd one. Um, he's, he's, I don't know. He's an odd duck. I've always thought that. He, he will, going back to like 96, he will go out of his way to push his agenda. And Thank you. It's, it's the way it is. It's the way it is. It's to, he's a producer now, so of course it's still gonna happen. Oh, don't make me ill. Um, well, then if he's a producer, give us some good shit. Produce us some good shit, Apple. Well, no, because it's it's him and it's him and Triple H sitting back there playing wrestling promoter. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. No, um, man, they're sitting there thumb they're thumb wrestling. You know, remember the old thumb wrestlers they used to have? They're playing with those. Yeah. Now, um, AEW, I did watch Raw, and cool. God, it was incredible. It was incredibly yeah, hard yeah, to you watch. Did, cause I, yeah, I know, I know you did, because I keep telling you to shut up. It was, it was hard. Um, I, we do have news that fans will be returning, at least in Florida, uh, next month. Mm. And in Japan as well. About that as well. well. You you told me about that earlier in the week, and I'm just like, why? Um, this this is not over. There's a second wave of coming, and you're gonna get it, and then you're gonna get it hard, and nobody's gonna listen. You're, you're taking our freedoms. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's what uh, that's what they're saying. Second wave is gonna be worse than the first, and uh, nobody's listening. Um, nobody's. Nobody's um, well. Nobody's using conscientious decisions, as I would say. There's there's a promoter running uh, next weekend in Wisconsin, 
He has said that uh, fans can sit next to each other if they want to or six feet apart. It's their choice. And they can wear a mask if they want to or they don't have no, to. No, should be mask should be mandatory. I'm sorry. Um, so. No, man, I'm serious. You need to get a sound bite of me saying really loud, and this is why we can't have nice things. Um, you know. Okay, because seriously, this is why we can't have nice things because people are going to do stupid things like this. And this is not an outdoor. Oh, I'm going to be ill. This is not. This is not an outdoor (laughs) event. Um, this is going to be an. This is going to be an indoor event, and uh, this promoter is anticipating a crowd of at least 300 people, and he has said that. he has said that the reaction that he's gotten is people want their chairs together the way they normally would be, not six feet apart. We miss being together, don't you know? Um, so I, um, I'm not going to name names on this one. I don't, I don't agree with it. I, I do not agree with it by any means. You Look, you're either going to enforce the You're going to enforce the rules or you're not. Um I I don't agree with um, politics to allow wrestling to happen, and and that may be what's going on. Um, you know, the other the other thing is there's there's wrestling events now scheduled in Illinois, and they, however however this one is going to enforce social distancing, which I'm all for. It is going to be an outdoor event. Okay, well, hold on. Are they going to give everybody their own little plexiglass cubicle to sit in? Uh, no, but they're enforcing, social, well? they're, they're enforcing social <laughs> distancing. I don't know how that. I don't know how that'll go, okay. but uh, they're going to try. Okay. Well, we have done in one of our biggest parks in Toronto. Okay, and I, it's been done in the state somewhere, and I can't pinpoint exactly where because I can't think because I can't remember because a lot of stuff was shoved into my head. One of our biggest parks in Toronto, mm. Trin- Trinity Bellwood, okay, where people were, like, the, the second they said, okay, you can start going to parks, they would go in there like it, they were there to watch a concert, okay? And this is a big-ass park. So what they've done now, six feet apart, they've painted circles into the grass where you are allowed to sit. Twelve bucks for each circle. So people... Can act right. Are you? Mm. So yeah. you know this is this is what's going on, and um, unfortunately, I I have had people come to me um, and ask when Steve and I will be doing something along with our other colleague. And I, I, I told people, I said, if I said you will be lucky to see us in Illinois before 2021. You are so susceptible uh, yeah. to both of you and your wife. Um, so susceptible. As as of right now, Steve and I don't even have an appearance on the books other than one possible event in <laughs> November. Possible okay. event. Right. In November. Yeah. Is that, yeah. And, 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 I, and, and if I don't think, and if I don't think it's it's uh, a good, it's good, Doable. it's a good risk. I'm not going to do it. Well, not only that, but if the uh, second wave hits, if the second wave hits, there's the no time. way in hell that show is happening, and there's no way in hell Steve and I will be there. Well, because right. I'm telling you, man, I'd, I'd be having security. I'd be having them with tape measures. Motherfuckers get six feet apart. 
six feet apart, six feet apart, six feet apart. Yeah, really? Move, six feet apart. And I, you're one with dogs can't have nice things. And then smack him in the back I, of the head and kick um, him. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, oh. I'm not risking it. I'm not risking anybody's yeah. health. It's, a, it's an insurance liability. Like Jim Molyneux or Tommy was saying, insurance companies don't want to give you insurance. How the hell are you no. running? Oh, because no insurance, company, no insurance company in good faith could allow something like this to uh, allow an event with 300 people to happen if they knew that those were the regulations to it. Somebody think of the children. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And older people. So AEW Dark on Tuesday featured a guy in the main event that is going to have some Hard justice being served to him very soon, uh, Mr. Robert Anthony. Um, his match sucked. I had several, several, several people come to Steve and I and tell me that they couldn't believe how bad that guy's gotten in the ring. Um, he literally almost dropped Moxley on his head. It, it, was, yeah. it was bad. It was bad. Um, you know... It 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 was it was very very bad. Steve watched the match twice. I watched it three times. Um, it was that sloppy. Very, very. Yeah. Oh man. And this is a, this is a guy that uh, Mr. Anthony is the guy that was responsible for last year getting canceled. And yeah, yeah. And um, and here and here's the other thing. He had a developmental contract. For about for about a year. Shit. Eh? His maturity level is that of a child. Uh, he, I, I, I at one point that guy was so good in the ring, outstanding. Um, he used to wrestle here every month, and one of the most outstanding talents that, you know, when we when Steve and I booked him last year, we thought this is a good move. He hasn't been down here in forever. It'll be a good move. Um, he'll you know he'll bring something to the table. And his maturity level, I'm actually going to tell this story to Steve now, who's never heard this before. This guy, I was kicked out, this guy was kicked out of Wicked Wrestling Alliance before he debuted because he did damage to the building. Before the show even started. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He took, he was working for Botch and so was Benito. And he took Icy Hot and put it on Benito's tights before Benito, or, uh, the undergarments of Benito's tights before Benito went out there. And Benito is literally at the ring with Botch crying because he's in so much pain because of ego. I don't understand why some people are still immature. Um, I'll never understand that. If you have the, the maturity level of a child, um, you should see a doctor about that. You you should you know seek professional yeah. help because right. people that have to well, pull pranks like that are ridiculous. I don't know the prank he pulled at WWE to lose his contract, but I know I know he did something really stupid. Yeah. Well, I mean, y'all, that is why that is why Sonny Rogers gave him the mask and the gimmick name of Egotistico Fantastico. Because he's like, this guy. This guy's got a huge freaking ego. 
And, uh, you know, the match sucked. Um, I, I guess he's going to be doing, I guess Moxley and him are old friends. They used to work together over at CZW back in the day. Whatever, dude. Uh, I would have, I, I, I didn't want to bring this up with Tommy, but I would have not let that guy hang around 13 minutes with Moxley when Moxley is the AEW's champion. It looked fucking bad. And I know I'm cussing a lot, but we're at the after party. It looked bad. Very, very bad. Because, look, he's getting ready to face Brian Cage. You let a guy that was billed at under 200 pounds come out and almost beat your champion. And on top of that, yeah. he almost dropped your champion, your champion on his head. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't and then, and then, and then you've got Colt Cabana, and I, Colt and I, I've known Colt for uh-huh. a long time. But yep, again, yeah, he, we were talking he's been about around. This the other night. He's been around for over a decade. Some of these guys can't go anymore. Yes, use them to get some of your new talent over. I'm fine with that. You know, but good, good gosh, what are they doing? I, what, 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 I still want to. I still want to know who they were ribbing with that with the finish last night on that match. In case, in case anybody doesn't get this, Sammy Guevara finished Colt Cabana with a go to sleep. Go to sleep well, is the finishing move of CM Punk, and CM Punk and Colt Cabana were best friends That's true. until after the uh, Doc Hammond lawsuit <clears throat> and then suddenly oh Punk is supposedly paying the legal bills that he was supposed to and so on and so forth so then they wind up suing each other, they drop it, then they pick it back up again so I don't know whether yeah, that was interesting. You know, we'll that get was back to that in a second. Uh, the other on uh, Scotty for uh, the the last you know, thing I want to mention about Ego's match is that finish was horrible, absolutely. Horrible. Oh yeah. I don't know if he didn't want to take the DDT or what it was. It ended in a shitty submission, and like there was no. This is the one thing that we didn't get to really get to with uh, Tommy because we we didn't get sidetracked, but we just didn't get to this point. That finish was so anticlimactic, it almost put me to sleep. I don't I don't understand what it is about finishes anymore. Some of these finish uh, I felt this way about the Hikaru Shida and Nyla Rose match from Double or Nothing. I mean, Thank she you. literally she hit her in the back of the head knee in the head with that knee, and that should have been it. I, I don't care who, how big you are, you get hit with a legitimate knee in the back of the head, you're out. But no, the match kept going, and then she, I don't know if she picked her up or what she did, but Hikaru Shida did, but it, it was anticlimactic. The finish should be a big climax. That's the big finish. You don't go to a movie and see the big finish and have the finish, you know, don't make you shoot your load. And I, 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 
I don't get it. I, I don't understand what's going on, why these guys are not. And it's not just AEW. It's happening on Raw and NXT and other places, too, but it's more common in AEW. Some of these finishes are just horrible. I don't know who's booking them. I don't know why they're not anti, why they're anticlimactic. A finish needs to be, oh, yeah, it. boom. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Exactly. You know, I even we you, saw this some last night. You know, a finish is it. That's the end. It needs to. It needs to be impactful. And if it's not, you just turn the whole match into shit. What the hell was the point of the match if it's anticlimactic at the end? Yep. You know, I'm, I'm going to put it to Steve and Katie like this. You either have a baby face that is going to get that comeback and go over the heel and everybody go, oh, shit, or that heel is going to cheat so yep. bad that by the by the time that bell rings, the crowd is ready to jump over that rail and chase the heel to the back. Those are the yep, only two exactly. ways it works. Those are the only two ways it works unless you're throwing the match out for a time limit draw or a double disqualification or something along those lines. And one of the things right. that I didn't get to get to tonight with them is uh, how often that that is used anymore. Um, we, Steve and I, personally keep one of those in our pocket for every show. We have, we have a rule that it can be pulled out once a show, but it has to be done right, and I don't like always doing it. You know, there are promoters out there that'll book, that'll book, uh, Excuse me. uh, bless you. Oh, there are promoters gosh, out there. My that, gosh. There are promoters. Mm. She's allergic to bullshit. Um, yes. <laughs> highly, <laughs> yep. highly, there, highly. Sean's heard me do it before many times. The, there are promoters out there that will book a double DQ. And then three matches later, there's a time limit draw. And, what the hell are you doing, dude? Like, we, we, Steve and I have a rule. One match on the entire card can end in some kind of fuckery, as I'll call it. That's it. Mm-hmm. One match. One match on the entire card. Otherwise, what, what's the point? You don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why people are doing anticlimactic finishes and finishes that don't mean shit. Because the way that Moxley won on Tuesday didn't make him look good at all. It made him look bad. I mean, he put an arm bar on the guy, and the guy tapped in what, like two seconds? No. Well, actually, no, actually, no, no. It was, actually, it was an ankle lock. Okay, yeah. Uh, but because it was like because it, it, it was like because uh, it was like Rob went for uh, this uh, dive off the corner. And somehow it seems like he screwed up, and went and went and went uh, and went wrong. And so John grabbed the grabbed the ankle and just went with it from there because it's like, well, F it. That's uh, hell. That's what I got. So here we go. We're we're at clock. So let's. So this is it. Um, you know you can't. Somebody down there has got to get through to the Bucks and Omega and all of these guys that are there and get them to focus on good finishes, a finish that's going to mean something, a finish that when it happens, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm even going to go one back one further and say the finish to the uh, Lance Archer and Cody Rhodes match was not that good. 
It was a good match, but the finish. I mean, how many times did he? He, he hit the crossroads. What, like four times on the guy? Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do it like American Idol, you know, the big black guy where he put his fingers together and he's like, dog. It was just okay. Oh, Randy. For me. Yes, Randy Jackson. Randy. Dog. It was just okay for me. I. And there's a lot of. Dog, I gotta dog. bring this point. That's I got to bring this point up. There's a lot of people bitching that Cody's putting himself over, and he's going to have that heat if it keeps happening. He's a good wrestler, but you can't be the top executive of the company and be the top babyface. It doesn't work. It does not work. You're you're pissing people off because you're putting yourself in the spotlight, and a lot of people feel that MJF should have that spotlight right now, and I'd have to agree with him. Look, he needs a little more of a push, yes. He, just don't shove him up. Don't shove him down my throat and up my nose and through my eyes and out my butt. Okay, just don't do it. I think the eventual don't. plan is to, is for Cody and and MJF to get together uh, again at a very near pay per view and MJF to take that belt from Cody. But uh, man, I, I don't know. There, there's people that are legitimately pissed that Cody is booking himself the way that he is, and even the Bucks, you know, and 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 Omega. Um, they, you got to have one person down there that's in control, and you can't have the Bucks running around making all the decisions if they're going to be in tag team feuds, and you can't have Omega doing it either if he's going to be in a feud, and you certainly can't have Cody doing it if he's going to be the TNT champion. Um, but getting to Dynamite last night, Butcher and Blade versus FDR, we knew this was going to be good. We did not know that it was going to be that good. Steve, you still here? Yeah, I'm here. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, F- yeah. FTR, Butcher, and Blade. And the other thing which uh, was uh, caught on uh, Twitter was that the, that uh, which uh, they said, which a lot of the fans were giving kudos to Tony Khan for this was the fact that, you know, here was the night that uh, FTR was making their debut, and so what, uh, what did they, what did they uh, focus on? What did they do primarily? Tag team matches. Yeah, well, and, you know, that, it was such a good match, and um, I... I had been a fan of Butcher and Blade since they brought them in. I saw something. A lot of people sure, were very. Uh, 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 a lot of people were very anti Butcher, and I said, "Give this guy a chance." I said, "He's he's a little green around the edges. You know, he's not used to working the TV style. They're getting him used to that. But there's something there. There's definitely something there. That guy. Wow. And he's an he's yeah, an older he's guy. He's great. Not, yes, he's great. He's not. He's not a young guy, he's, but he's, he, he is the classic old-school heel that you would want from the 70s. He's grizzled. Yeah. Uh-huh. Steve knows what I'm talking about with this. He's, he's got right. to look to a deep, you know, it's, it's, it's perfect. And him, like Tony, like Tony put it, uh, Butcher is the brawn, uh, you know, Blade is a little bit more of the brain. Um, it takes right. a lot well, to impress see. They, my they husband. Started, it takes they a lot to impress my husband. In the 
Yeah, oh. it does. Um, yeah. That was a good match. I, I really liked it, and I, uh, I, uh, I really look forward to seeing a lot of um, stuff happen between them. Um, I don't know what other tag teams they're going to put with FTR right away. They're, they're going to have to work on that. Uh, FTR is bringing in a really different style than a lot of those guys are used to working. And if they don't... Um, if they don't put people in the ring that are going to compliment FTR, it's going to look like shit. Yeah. Um, right. It's, it's you know, private party against FTR is going to be good um, because you, FTR can slow those kids down. Um, I like private party, but they're all over the place in that ring. You, you get a tag team like FTR that can slow them down and work a more methodical pace. It'll be interesting. Um, what was the other match that you liked last night? You mentioned oh. something else. Oh, let's Steve. see. Okay, last night, or are we talking about dark? Last night. Okay, last night. Um, well, let's see now. See now, I I I did like the I did like the uh, um, the women's match. I thought I thought that I thought the women's tag was actually. Was actually really good. Um, you know what? Let me let me pop let me pop up uh, everything so that I can uh, kind of get myself together. I was uh, I actually just looked up and um, and uh, Butcher is forty three. Holy shit! Yeah. So it's like PCO. Big deal. Right. And you and don't... and the thing is this. He was he was a uh, yeah. Go ahead, Katie. Oh, oh man, my husband does not impress easily. Okay, he just he just doesn't because of all the things we're talking about tonight. Like how many finishing moves do you need, and how much of a push does this guy need, or whose dick are you sucking to get that position? That type of attitude is what kind of fan Darren is. So watching those two last night, he holy shit, whoa, dude, Katie, you see that? You know, like it, it, it's nice to hear. I understand the man doesn't have hockey right now because we should be having playoffs right now. But it, it, to see him interested in in wrestling again is great because he wasn't. He doesn't fall asleep during AEW. He falls asleep during WWE. Doesn't fall asleep during NXT though. Not often. Uh, speaking of NXT, we do need to we do need to make the announcement that NXT UK's uh, next round of TV tapings has been canceled. The current state of NXT UK is up in the air. Yeah, yeah, we were saying something about that earlier. I think weren't we? Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was talking about yeah. the impact that this would have on them, and it's it's very sad. They've got the performance center over there. Uh, they were doing great business over there, and unfortunately, if they can't they can't come to some resolution, NXT UK may be a thing of the past. And it's sad because that's one of the hottest products. Like, Walter is on that, and some of the other guys, you know, my brother my brother yeah. and I were comparing notes on that. And he's like, man, to see that go would just be a disaster because there's so much talent over there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 incredible that this nobody could have ever predicted when we went into 2020 that the state of the business would be like this. It, it, six months in, it's it's nobody knows what to do. Nobody has the answers, and right, we can't we're, have the answers into. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. Well, I guess say because I mean we're stuck with something that we don't have a clue exactly where it comes from yet. We're you know I mean I mean we've got scientists that are trying to figure out how to battle it, how to defeat it, but it's it's not it's not being it's not being defeated. Um, in fact, uh, because I've been I've been Just sitting not. here. And I'm and I'm and I am and I am reading reports of this of this you know second wave. Um, Arizona is uh, run has run out of hospital beds. Um, oh my! It's uh, look we we are doomed. We are we are doomed. That's all that's all there is to it. And people don't want to listen. And the fact of the matter is. Um, not just America, but a lot of these hospitals never clean properly. Never. There, there are things that are lurking in hospitals. I had a friend that went to a hospital and uh, had a surgery and came back with a staph infection after the surgery. I'm serious. These hospitals do they they try their best, but there is only so much that they that can be done. And, you know, uh, it's the travel industry, too. I mean, these, these planes are not getting sanitized. Trains are not getting sanitized. Like, what are, what are we doing? We, we all know how to wash our hands and shit, but, and it's not just that. It's, I mean, if this should, they said this stuff is airborne. If this stuff is really airborne, right. yeah, you, there's, well, this thing I don't, I don't, I don't go out. I don't go out without a mask. I don't go out without uh, the wraparound sunglasses that I got with uh, with my cataract surgery, oh, and I that. don't go out without a hat on. I'm don't. I'm not that far, I've, but I do have a face shield. But yeah, I do wear a mask. Well, that's I more than I got. I will. Yeah. Well, Darren got me that one from work. And Darren's work also provides them because, well, he works with fruits and vegetables, right? So, right. but the one I have is like super duper. You've seen it. But I have like one, two, yep. three. I've got a good four masks. I've got a couple that I can wash, and the other ones I haven't used yet. So, I got ones I use between. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. You know, yeah, but you I have to use the transit to go pick up my own meds, okay? I don't have the luxury of a car, and I'm not paying an Uber, fuck that, and I'm not taking a taxi. So I have to pick up my own meds, and I also have appointments that I have to keep as well. My doctor's appointment, thank God, is, is on the phone, but I still have to go to the doctor's office for my B12 shot. And there's other things I have to do, too, you know, and it, it's getting scary out there. Yeah, man, I'm thinking of goggles too. My, my, uh, my, <laughs> my friend Raven, she she suggested them on the weekend, and I was like, dude. Well, yeah, because they said the shit can get in your eye. Yeah. I'm like, I wear right. shades. 
Dude, I wear shades and I wear glasses and I make sure they're as close to his face as they can possibly bloody well get him and then the mask, mask goes underneath the glasses. I'm pretty well good. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I don't, All right. Hey, man, don't, well, don't get me freaking out, okay? I'm starting to freak uh, out with the brown acid, okay? I did not take the brown acid. I'm not going to freak out. Oh. All right. Oh. Well, this, this Sunday, 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 from 1 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time is COVID Con Light. Oh, the first ever right. the first ever virtual wrestling convention is back for round two. Um, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. There's a lot <clears throat> of good stuff on this. And just yep. added Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Ooh. Oh, good old Eddie. Good old Eddie. Wow. Um, and it's also Brutus. and it's also backlash. You don't understand how much and I love Brutai. You do not understand oh, how much I love guy. Oh God, he's yes. a great guy. Oh, I love him. Mm. And it's all, and oh. it's also, and it's also my anniversary. So. Oh. Well, you got yeah. a, you got a busy you you got a busy day Sunday then. Sunday, Sunday, Ooh, Sunday, yep. and you also got church. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Don't forget about church. Right. Well. I, are you you doing church yes, or are you yep. doing right? Yeah. Okay. Well, some churches are doing parking lot in in car. Space apart churches with the, with the, you know, with their pastors either on the roof or out right. front on a speaker. They're doing that. Yeah. Or they're, yeah. they're protecting it into their cars through the radio. They're doing that as well. Yeah. I don't know right. what they're doing nope. where you're at, nope. but Our, that's happening no, here. We, no, we, we, run, we run strictly on, uh, on YouTube. Um, everything is, everything is uh, pre-recorded and then it's, uh, Edited and then uh, posted up to YouTube. Um, we do one run at nine, one run at ten thirty. Nice. Yep. 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 But I you're mean, right. Uh, yeah, that uh, that does that does make a loaded update for me. <laughs> and at some point, right. I have I have attention to the wife, or else you know. <laughs> well. Uh... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, I, I, I got, I got a good one. So, all right. Well, I think we've, I think we've about covered it. And if we don't uh, get off of here pretty quick, uh, they're going to cut us off. So, um, <laughs> seven minutes. Ah. Uh-huh. So, Sean, I think it's time to. Uh, Thank everybody. Tell them to listen next week. All right. Well, you know what to do. Listen next week and uh, be here uh, when you next week. We'll have a lot of fun again. And uh, until then, be safe, everybody. We love you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yep, Katie. You know what time it is. You know what time it is, folks. You don't have to go home. You sure as hell can't stay here. Get that load and take your glasses too far. Drop the light. Ha! And dip your servers. Yeah. Tip your waitress. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out in. Closing time, turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.